Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Secure your tinfoil hats, buckle down tight, and hold on loosely as we soar over the rocky tops of the La Platas on a rocky mountain high, get sucked into the vortex of the Four Corners, and settle down snugly at mile marker 420 in colorful Colorado. It is Saturday, December 5th, Sunday, December 6th, for those of you across the pond and beyond. Welcome to We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. I'm so glad you guys could join us this evening. I'm your host, Tessa TNT, and I hope you guys had an awesome week and a rockin' beginning to your weekend so far. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on one of our many outlets. You may also find us 
on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Tumblr, YouTube, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Deezer, as well as Podcast Addict. If you are listening to us right now on Spreaker.com, uh, feel free to come into the chat room. It's really easy to make an account, and we have such a fun group in there. So I have a treat for all my guys and gals out there. Tonight we will be talking to and getting to know Mr. James a.k.a. sorry, Jim Moses. Jim, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for coming out tonight. Always a pleasure, Tessa. Thanks for having me, and appreciate your audience indulging a bit here. A lot of history to cover, but before we start, um, the urgency associated with really needing to inform people about this thing called the Great Reset. There are other names for it, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, uh, Kurt uh, Kurtzweil, Ray Kurtzweil at Google characterized it some time ago as a singularity. Bottom line is, is it ends up changing our lives and not for the better. I think most people will find when I begin to talk about the particulars that are being proposed by that gentleman, which appeared in the promotion for this show, Klaus Schwab. And uh, the best way I can describe him as well as George Soros is they're both part of the Fourth Reich. Um, I do want to offer a disclaimer before we get started. Yes, please do. A lot of what we're, uh, what we're going to discuss, there should be no reflection concerning attitudes towards certain nationalities, groups. I am somebody that, for those who have listened to me before, am very, very um, magnanimous. I would never be in a position where I, I had attitudes of, for lack of a better term, sins of the fa- father must be visited upon the children, because there's no ability to control. I know personally from my own life, we all have heritages that have been very, very violent, bloody, uh, infamous, however you want to put it, things that we, you know, we can't really be too proud of our particular nationality. Certainly it can be a a way of identifying, but nobody has a spotless record, for lack of a better term. So I did want to say that. And pose a question, as I sometimes do, or have in the in the four previous shows that uh, we did. I have to ask, what makes a person or organization believe they're allowed to dominate, control, deceive, even execute and kill whoever they they choose? That there's some sort of right afforded them for whatever reason. And again, this is a very law of the jungle, animalistic. Attitude, uh, as I've talked about before, uh, an economic model that has largely been built upon the notion that might makes right, you know, uh, survival of the fittest, the strongest, so forth and so on, a very Darwinian outlook. But we're going to find out what exactly these fascist totalitarians of all stripes, all political persuasions, uh, really, what's motivated them for all these thousands of years? A lot of it does go back to the, mo- the earliest um, times where civilization was very brutal, very superstitious, not informed. But uh, to begin with, the most visible item uh, of the Third Reich, certainly, is the swastika. And the swastika is actually a solar symbol and it refers to its origins were in western asia actually the celts originated 
uh, as a very, very good book by an author, British author by the name of Maurice Cotterell, 2006, called Jesus, King Arthur and the Journey of the Grail, elucidates with respect to how it all came to be, most European heritage, where it came from. And he's a rather puritanical source, especially where sex is concerned, so difficult to read at times. That said, the book otherwise, it is an amazing, amazing investigation into the nature of what the grail might be. And obviously there's a number of different things that people have uh, attributed to it. But there were mummies found in Western China that, of course, the Chinese would rather you not know about. Uh, They had blonde hair, beards, blonde and or red hair, beards, and indicated quite clearly that the migration of the proto-Celts came from the Russian steppes north of the Himalayas and India, so forth and so on, Pakistan, Tibet, Nepal. Around 4,000 years ago, 4,500 is probably the earliest they were there and began to migrate westward, arriving at least around 1,000, between 1,500 and 1,000 B.C. in what what would become Austria, a place called Hallstatt. There was an image where two uh, twins uh, representing Venus, which is a very critical consideration throughout history of various cultures was there was uh, these two twins were holding an image of the sun and it was surrounded by a reverse swastika which was indicative of something that a lot of people aren't even aware of venus flipped on its axis in 3113 bc there are very specific astronomical aspects that were indicative of that it was noted in various places including if i'm not mistaken the bible And because it was so close to the sun, when the sun's magnetic field reversed, so then did Venus's and its orbit basically flipped on its axis. So this was very significant. A lot of cultures, including the Maya, you know, were very, very concerned about this, based their civilization, calendar especially, the Mayan calendar actually began in 3113, which causes some people to believe that they might actually have had visitations from those proto-Celts or other peoples around uh, that the steppes, that part of Asia. And um, basically what happened is the symbol is indicative of fertility, relates to the annual cycle uh, of the sun charge uh, based upon positive protons that are emitted versus the negative electrons. And those had a very big influence on different personality types. It's the origin of pretty much the origin of astrological personality traits, which ones would manifest throughout the year. And, you know, obviously that's not a hard and fast consideration, especially with the influence of other celestial bodies, planets, some stars, so forth and so on. People that are familiar with astrology will understand what I'm saying. But with respect to the Maya, it was a critical consideration. And in fact, they started to uh, become infertile, being as close to the equator as they was were around 600 AD, 627, I believe is the year, where the first cycle of the Mayan calendar ends. That meant that they needed to move away from the equator and actually uh, ended up migrating to the southeastern United States. 
one of the most obvious examples. It's all over Florida, Georgia, uh, Alabama. But one of the most obvious examples is the name Miami, which certainly, you know, evokes Maya itself, a, uh, a Sanskrit word meaning illusion. Just looking at my notes here. So the Nazis basically, the reason why they put the, the swastika on was to really indicate that they had the ability to give and take life. There's no other way to put it. Um, Venus was also something that the Knights Templar were very much preoccupied with, the Catholic Church. You can see evidence of that throughout Vatican City, among other things. And um, it also was reflective of something that emerged largely in the United States, but also there was a European movement, eugenics, which meant to say that weaker members of the species would not, you know, would not reach birth. They would be, you know, aborted. They would be uh, killed, you know, uh, and some, in certain instances, women who had a history, a familial history that had been identified would be sterilized. So this is some really dark stuff that is motivating the Germans. And, and once we reach the point of the Third Reich, but we take some time to get there. Um, beforehand, I want to touch on something which I think some of your listeners may be aware of, talking about the possibility with respect to how humanity itself arose that uh, in uh, Samaria, the Fertile Crescent, Mesopotamia, earliest years, there were what no, were known uh, a Russian scholar, linguistic scholar by the name of Zechariah Sitchin, who has a series of books that I definitely recommend just to be able to really have an understanding of how much information the Sumerians had at their disposal, um, spoke of the Anunnaki. That's, that's my pronunciation. There's a couple different ways of pronouncing it and that they had basically bred humanity from the existing primates somewhat in their own image, taking DNA from themselves in order to create a race of slaves that could mine gold in particular, other minerals certainly, but gold because they needed to seed their home planet, which was called, actually has a 3,500-year cycle, as, it, as it's told throughout the solar system, called um, Marduk. Uh, that had caught, you know, wrought a lot of destruction. Uh, mythology would tell you different types of mythology, the Greek, the Roman, other traditions around the world. But the more important aspect to this is evidence of a colonization by the Sumerians, possibly, if the Anunnaki actually existed. And again, I'm not, I still, you know, hold out the possibility of sophisticated interactions with what I call extra temporals, not just necessarily outside the immediate space, but also coming from a different uh, time and exist, coexisting, as I've said, with respect to my, my uh, multiversal model, physics model. <clears throat> but there was mining that occurred long, long ago in South America. There is a bowl called the Fuente Magna, which has proto-Sumerian script on it. Their statuary, which just does not look like it is uh, Asian, you know, indigenous, as the theories would tell you with respect to the migration over the uh, Bering Strait, Clovis model, as, as people refer to it, 
that very much look like they came from the Near East. They could be Sumerian, they could be Jewish, any number of different nationalities that maintain more or less the same general appearance, the Semites. Uh, not just Jewish people are referred to as Semites, uh, the, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more later on. Palestinians, Philistines, Palestinians being somewhat interchangeable, the Phoenicians, Syrians, Turks, Iraqis, you know, Iran, you get the general idea. These were all areas where there were peoples that could be referred to, even some of Egypt, as being Semite. But Thor Heyerdahl also was another person. Some people may be familiar with the uh, ship, uh, the reed ship that he built or boat called Kantiki, which was one half of the term Kantiki Veracocha. And that was a reference to a white god which very well could have been, probably was, of Near East descent that came to South America, ended up being a, a deity for um, the Inca, some of the other tribes along the Pacific coast and uh, you know that were in the Andes. You also have the equivalent Quetzalcoatl in, in, um, in Mexico with the Aztecs, the Toltecs, um, the Olmecs, all generally had the same kind of notion, which is why they were so easily conquered by the Spanish, uh, with just the, the, you know, the, <laughs> the comparison, millions of Incans and, you know, 138 Spanish warriors were able to conquer the, the empire, the Incan empire, which was huge and with enormous amounts of wealth, resources, so forth and so on. Pizarro did not have a very hard time, wasn't walking the park by any means. And again, I don't mean to make light of what basically was genocide, slaughter to a certain extent, although there are a lot of Quechua Incans that still exist in, in the Andean Mountains around what's known as Tiahuanaco in Bolivia, which is another place where you see very clear, distinct Sumerian place names. Uru is, ends up echoing the city of Ur in Sumeria. Gilgamesh, there are parallels to Gilgamesh in South American mythology, and just basically there's a heritage already established one way or the other, whether or not you're talking about there being some sort of extraterrestrial intervention in the form of the Anunnaki. We have evidence, both genetic as well, that there were definitely migrations, ancient, comparatively ancient migrations to South America. And there's so many different After, migrations that came from so many different directions, but continue on. I don't want to get off topic. Cause... Ab absolutely. Absolutely. No, you're, you're, you're correct. And the perception about it, perceptions about Asia by Westerners are just very, very erroneous. The amount of Caucasians that have surrounded most of the more typically Asian appearing countries or sections of countries. There was a tribe in Japan that was called the Jomon. The Ainu that were very Caucasian in appearance, probably having relationship to some of the same ones in Russia who are Caucasians, a lot of them, but there's also more Asian, typically Asian with the Inuit, the Eskimos, as we know them in the, in the West. Mm -hmm. And after, but coming back to Europe, after you started to have the establishment of various tribes that were the proto-Celts, you had divisions occurring, and I'm just going to read what I've got here because it's just easier than trying to paraphrase. Uh, you have the rise of what's known as Francia, 
which is a combination essentially primarily of France and what would become Germany much later, but also Austria, Hungary, Italy, Switzerland, Spain, Portugal, most, and Britain as well, most of Europe, that was Francia. And that was due to the decline of the Roman Empire, Western Roman Empire, not being able to maintain its boundaries. They had to withdraw after a time because, number one, they met a lot of resistance in the early part of the new millennium. And number two, they just began to decline. There was there were problems in terms of inner deterioration, much of what the same thing that happened with Greece for similar reasons. Um I mean, without judgment, a, a certain amount of deviation from what were typical societal mores, no opinion one way or the other, but because of the particular circumstances, it w- ended up contributing to the decline of both of them. Rome, more l- later than Greece, for the most part. And at the same time, you had another migration, a bunch of different tribes uh, in the middle part of the first millennium, including the Hans later on, the Khazars, which it is thought by many to end up have becoming, reasons not 100% clear, but they were surrounded by both Christians and Muslims at that time. So they ended up uh, converting to Judaism and uh, gained a name later on called Ashkenazi. Uh, And again, Nazi simply meaning national Jews, which would be what most people would know in their experience, particularly in Europe, but also in the United States. That was what most of the Jewish population coming to the United States, where most from where most of them derived was Europe, and particularly Germany. The names are almost interchangeable, although there are certain things that may be tip-offs. Also, we'll get more into that. I don't want to get too deep because there's a lot more still to talk about with respect to that. Mm-hmm. So Judaism is not a racial a racial state. It has nothing to do with race. It's a religious tradition, strictly. The ones that are coming from the what's known as the Levant, the Holy Land, are of Semitic origin, but the ones that are not are more Slavic, more uh, com- more Caucasian, for lack of a better term. And the breakup, basically, uh, the traditional Celts migrated to the British Isles, became the Druids, Gales, so forth and so on. But confusing the issue, of course, the Gauls were in France, and you had various uh, types. The Galicians were in Spain. Uh, Portugal did not form until later in the, in, in the uh, early earlier in the second millennium, around uh, 1300. Uh, they broke off from Galicia. I happen to be half Galician, so there's. I, I kind of refer to myself as being proto-Portuguese as well. At this time, you had a very strong Roman Catholic presence. You did not. Uh, Martin Luther did not come along to catalyze the Reformation. <clears throat> so the Roman Catholic states were very strong for the most part. You had England beginning to start to create an Anglican Church Episcopal, which ended up uh, retaining certain Roman Catholic elements. But um, the Knights Templar ended up uh, arising as a result of this late, actually early, early again in the second millennium, 
to go on the Crusades because it was fear that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Muslim hordes, and again, not judging, but that's just a, a term, uh, would end up taking possession of uh, the uh, Temple Mount. Of course, the Temple of Solomon having been destroyed. And so they went to retrieve any number of different uh, Judeo-Christian relics. Of course, the Ark of the Covenant, Holy Grail, Spirit of Destiny, maybe even the Turin Shroud. It's hard to know what exactly the path was before a certain point where it ended up in Turin. And it is thought that uh, the latest thought is that it was at least on some sort of Jewish person around the same time that Jesus was said to have been uh, entombed. Um, Let's see, I'm just looking for where I am. Um, You also had what was known as the Ottoman Empire, which was in Byzantine Ottoman more or less being the successor to the Roman Catholic, the Western Roman Catholic uh, Empire, um, which was traditional, the traditional Romans, still having expanded out, but it, there was a contraction that occurred. That included Turkey, a good deal of the Near East, so forth and so on, Orthodox Church, Russia, or what would be slowly become Russia as we knew it, and the Vatican basically encouraged the destruction of the Templars because they became way too powerful. They yeah, were, they were uh, taking all their uh, money. <laughs> They're like, hey, exactly. They quit were taking that money. Pop- that's our money. What's that? They're like, quit taking our money. That's our money. All right, that's it. Now we've got to start killing you guys. Um, but if we could pause right there, we did have a question sure. in the chat room. So Absolutely. mark your spot so we don't get lost. Uh, Robin was wondering if you have any idea if there are extraterrestrials out there that don't like the Nazis? <laughs> I can't speak to that, Robin. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that have been talked about with respect to interactions which produced UFOs. There is no real clear evidence at this moment of intervention, but I certainly think there's enough which would suggest the possibility so it's hard to say. I mean, I'm very familiar with the various races, the Nordics, which certainly would be qualify as some sort of Nazi extraterrestrial hybrid, the reptilians, the greys, the Pleiadans, all these things. But it's not something that I focus an awful lot on. I think there's a lot otherwise that I can talk about, which are, is going to be a great interest as we go forward, only saying that it is a possibility that, that the Nazis did in fact, interact with extraterrestrials either around around Europe or 
in in in, in Antarctica, Antarctica, I can't even say it. In Antarctica, there was an expedition where mm-hmm. Himmler went to the South Pole, went to Antarctica before the war really got going, and it has never been made 100% clear what the concern was, but they found something, or it was looking for something. Nobody knows what, and I'm going to talk more about the uh, Allied excursion after the war, with which I'm particularly familiar because there is a personal relationship of sorts. Yeah, and the one you're talking about in Antarctica, supposedly they're near that hole that goes into... uh what do they call it? Open the hollow earth. earth. Or, you're getting yeah, ahead. hollow earth. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're getting uh, ahead of me a little but bit. I'll, but I'll, I'll I go will, past that I will and touch then I'll, upon that. <laughs> then I'll say perhaps they met when we had Nazis in space. Supposedly, um, after the whole war and everything, they went to the moon first and and supposedly have units there. But I digress. Continue on with uh, where we were before. Okay, coming back to the early second millennium, as I was starting to say, Vatican encouraged the French king, I believe it was Louis, I want to say Louis XIII, although the timeline doesn't seem right to me. I can't remember which Louis it was, but at any rate, they killed off a lot of the Templars, burned some at the stake, including um, de Molay. I can't think of his first name off the top of my I want to say Charles de Molay. Um, I'm kind of foggy of on course, something. De- as far as the Templars go, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm recalling that they were put in certain prisons and they'd sit there and carve certain things on the wall, or were these little, like, uh, certain outcrops or bunkers where they were hiding out where they would do the same thing? They'd carve different things and, and different messages oh, on the wall. A little of both, a little okay. of both, and you're referring to John, uh, which is uh, one of them near Renlade-Chateau, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chateau, um, Chateau, I believe. Uh, in in southern France, which will uh, figure later on down the road with respect to Scorzani. I'm going to touch upon that, but it's kind of just a cipher. Um, But yes, there was a cross that was found on Oak Island that the uh, the exact same thing, a specific, resembling very closely an Ankh, by the way, Mm -hmm. not a coincidence, because Masonic tradition definitely arose from Egypt, most of it. Uh, a bone of contention on the surface for the Catholics, who, in fact, a lot of the, the Catholicism had roots in Egypt as well. And if you look at Vatican City, the layout is very Egyptian. There are there. I've talked about this. Wayne Herschel has identified the um, has surveyed the layout of it and has definitely identified places where there are parallels to Egypt in terms yeah, of Sirius, in terms of Orion. There's also been places uh, found here where there's been giants found, different Egyptian artifacts, which, like you said, had other artifacts along with um, Catholic sort of things going on there. Yes, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> and those giants were actually confiscated, or the Smithsonian was encouraged by the CIA to not disclose them, not put them on display once they were found in the late eight, a lot of them, I believe, were found in the late 1800s, but some yeah. in the early 1900s. The only reason as well. I knew about this story was um, I love reading different paranormal and um, weird things. And there was this fellow sure. out, out in the desert, fell through the ground into this really large, you know, tunnel system. Then he came to a room where he found the 
giants and the different gold artifacts. And instead of grabbing a bunch, he grabbed one and went back up and told his buddy about it and then tried to go back and find the hole and it was gone. But it was nothing that I had read in, in like the media or anything. This was a personal story uh, that was shared. But yeah, it's so intriguing, all the different things that are I, out there. That we I don't think know Scott about. Walter did a segment, if I'm not mistaken, I did not watch it online. It's on YouTube of America Unearthed, focusing on that very discovery. So uh, something I need to look into. I'm definitely familiar, but I don't know the particulars. In terms of the gold, the tunneling system, I did not know about that. But with regards, since you bring up tunnels, one of the very interesting features of South America is that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of miles of very well-carved-out tunnels, some of them it's thought having been uh, dug by prehistoric giant sloths before, oh, wow. the, uh, before the end of the Ice Age. But I think that there were certainly people who improved upon what the sloths had done if they were the primary source of those, those tunnels. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there are, various, there, there are various stories. David Hatcher Childress goes into great detail, at least a dozen different accounts of people going down into the tunnels. The Incans knew the tunnels intimately. Some of the ancient, more ancient races of South America were going into, their, into them on a regular basis. Uh, just uh, the, the maze is uh, incalculable in terms of trying to really wrap your head around it. Places in Cusco like Sasewaman, which is the, one of the world's largest uh, megalithic stone forts, uh, a lot of which was carted away somehow. I don't exactly know how. I know the towers were taken away by the Spaniards. Similarly, with respect to Tiwanaku or Tiwanaku, mm -hmm. up in Bolivia, uh, on the Antipuano, very close to where a Scottish gentleman by the name of J.M. Allen believes that Atlantis, or at least one expression of Atlantis, was located right south of um, what's known as Lake Titicaca. You see me yes. one second, I'll be right back. Okay, no worries. Um, and as he's talking about that, when I watched on History Channel, which is one of my favorites, um, and they're talking about ancient aliens and they're showing these... Sorry, sorry about that. I was really congested. Um, oh, no <clears> worries. <throat> but I was just talking about but when I, I was... saw the different artifacts there in Tiwanaku or, or whatever it's called, right right there near Lake Titicaca, which I remember because that's been a subject of funniness for me since I was a teenager. But um, just because the A lot name... of kids, probably. Yeah. And Beavis and Butthead and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, you see these things and, and they're like, what is it? Could this be some sort of thing that shuttles took off on? And, and if you look at it, it looks like, uh, to me, a doorway structure or whatnot. Like, it looks like this place was totally blown apart. And I think they did do readings and there was a lot of radiation found there. Um, so I think there was some sort of war I've in the past. i myself. Yeah, but I do believe that there were giants there because why else would you need a giant door? Um, where the heck well, is all the rest of it? I don't know. I don't know. They may have been a, they may have been a higher stature. That's possible. I don't know about the yeah, really like big hinges. giants, but certainly been talk about them. Uh, you know, and there was there was certainly stories within the uh, tribal traditions, the Amara, whose name is very close again to Aramaic, which of course is the tribe from which Jesus emerged, mm -hmm. uh, roughly around the same time. They arose pretty close as as. But again, Taiwanaku is probably very very old, and Zechariah Sitchin believed that it meant Tin City and Sumerian, which makes a lot of sense. 
because there's an enormous one of the pretty much among the most the largest ten deposits uh, are around Bolivia and further to the south, Argentina, Paraguay. But Bolivia is known for its tin, and of course, tin is essential to produce bronze. Tin and copper make bronze, and the Bronze Age was largely fueled by that. So it's likely, for whatever reason, that's when a lot of the mining occurred in antiqu- antiquity. But um, but yes, there's. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Definitely some very, very interesting aspects to South America, more so probably than any other place on Earth. Although we can't say 100% because China has never been thoroughly explored. There are pyramids in China. There are definitely, there's definitely evidence of an ancient culture that has never really been pinpointed as to its origins. <clears throat> and again, you can talk about Atlantis, you can talk about Lemuria. As I say, one of the places, and there are a number of different places, including Antarctica, that fit the bill, some thought is that what the Germans were looking to find was evidence of Atlantis having been there, knowing of some of the theists, uh, the theists Oh, I can't say that word either. Um, <laughs> the Theosophist Society, Madame Blavatsky, so forth and so on. I think you're just picking uh, up Ruta on my Stein. energy. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that? <laughs> I said, I think you're picking up on my energy where I just get tongue tied because I get anxiety sometimes. So I'm just like, I'm sorry for sharing my energy with you. I will take it back. <laughs> no Hopefully worries. No worries. You won't um, get t- tongue tied anyway, anymore. <laughs> A lot, a lot of the Nazi traditions arose from this kind of occult basis, including the Theosophist Society. They had the Tula Society, uh, which meant North, uh, which was uh, a, uh, a a Germanic word for North. And they had the Vril Society, which was a, a throwback to uh, India, the Sanskrit. Again, mm-hmm. perhaps somewhat disingenuously, Vril being the life force, the vitality. And, um, by the way, getting back to where we were, the Templars, once most of them were destroyed, a, a significant number were able to end up establishing Portugal in part, and also uh, later on Switzerland. One of the reasons why Swiss banks are lo- so many banks are located in Switzerland is because the Knights Templars established it. It's also where the Red Cross started. Which would have significance later Imagine on during that. World War II. Yes, um, that being the Knights Templar Red Cross, of course, mm-hmm. and they were the. Um, I can't think of what the name of it is. There is a very strong Catholic tie-in also with the Red Cross. Uh, they were the the hospi- hospitalis. I think hospitalis is the word. Um, 
I think hospital. That the word hospital comes from that. Yeah. But um, you begin to see the, the uh, strains after that of the secret societies, which were, would prove to be the foundation for the Renaissance uh, revival from the Dark Ages, from all, you know, the bubonic plague certainly being something that, you know, um, eroded a lot of the Europe's vitality because so many people died. <clears throat> You see Da Vinci starting to arise, a lot of the Italian masters, but you also see Francis Bacon, largely because of the British crown, discouraging any deviation from um, Anglican practice, although that still was rooted somewhat in Catholicism. You did not, still did not have, although it was part of the Renaissance, Martin Luther's Reformation, where Protestantism came to the fore, mm-hmm. largely presented a very strong rival to the Roman Catholic Church, which more or less took it, took, you know, proclaimed divine authority. I don't that know they about were you, like Jim, but I've had a lot of Catholic friends, and a lot of my Catholic friends have been very messed up due to things that happen in church. It's so weird. Like, this is a place you should go and feel safe and, and find sanctuary, but instead these different things are happening to you. I don't know. I think there's so many things they've done, oh, done we'll, wrong. We'll touch on the pedi- yeah. We will touch on the pedophilic aspect throughout these traditions because it does exist. And, and it pops up a lot has, of places. It's, well, it's, it's long been present, and it goes back to tribal practices, some uh, originating with the Phoenicians, human sacrifice, really, really dark stuff that is largely based on superstition, but also notions of being able to recapture vitality. And, you know, it's a very messed up philosophy. Before that, and again, there's enough savagery to go around. Europe's history is as bloody as any on earth, to say the least, because there are so much, there's so much different types of rivalry. But Francis Bacon, who, uh, as I've talked about before, there is definitely evidence, um, code, uh, that Petter Amundsen pointed to as uh, that, that Shakespeare had acted as something of a quote-unquote beard for Bacon, that Bacon had written a lot of the Shakespearean plays. And I think that's very likely. There's another candidate who does not come to mind at the moment. But you can, you can uh, there the, the um, Shakespeare Code DVD, which I've talked about before, uh, Petter's appeared, of course, on Oak Island too. And Oak Island is a destination within this particular schemata, this code, gematria, as you would say, with respect to biblical codes. Bacon was trying to basically create a refuge for intellectuals that could have discourse. It's really the beginning of the university system, for better or worse, but it becomes very important in terms of the ability to start expanding the perception of reality, for lack of a better term. Um, also forming the basis for Freemasonry, although you had secret societies that already existed, such as the Knights Templar, which contributed as well, some that are not well remembered. Into this enters, you're beginning to see the goth tribes of Germany form, for lack of what can only be described as nation-states, those including things like Essen, 
Westphalia, Alsace, which was part of what would become France and Prussia. These were somewhat primitive, but very um, well established at the same time, fiefdoms, uh, no other way to put it. And in fact, the royal family of Britain, uh, reigning royal family of Britain, uh, the quote unquote Windsors, including Prince uh, Charles, Queen Elizabeth, who unfortunately, and again, I hope there's not any royal fans in this in this crowd. It's okay. But their history, <laughs> their history is very, very sordid. I only found out oh my to what extent. Yeah, there's the so last, many different within things. Within the last two or three days. Yeah, you find out more well, and more, people, and you're like, "Oh my God, really?" Oh, it's 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 awful. It's awful in terms of the deviance. In terms, these are very very barbaric people. I don't know mm-hmm. how else to put it. Their original name was of Saxe, as in Saxon, Anglo-Saxon. Mm-hmm. Coburg slash Gotha, which, of course, is a reference to Gothic, uh, can also have an E inside it, too, and, and be Gotha. So you've got a situation in Germany that there's a mixture of different superstitions going back to the, the Goth tribes, but also being informed somewhat by Roman Catholicism. And there is a desire to start asserting themselves. You start to see the earliest beginnings of the bankers, the international bankers, which are real. The Rothschild family originally, starting with one called Bauer, which I have not had an opportunity to reference, but I believe refers to forest treemen, forestry, so forth and so on, as in Tannenbaum, which is Christmas tree. The BAU in Germanic, I believe, refers to something associated with trees. But they became the Rothschilds, which means Red Shield. And a number of different families united under that particular name, the Rothschilds. There's a bunch of different ones. There's the Warburgs. There's the Bilderbergs. There is the Sassoons, believe it or not. Vidal is part of them. All basically kind of echoing the combined French-Germanic heritage. One thing, you know, again... But that's now in what's considered Germany. Still, the roots of Frankfurt are the same as the word France. So you didn't have the same sensibilities until really later on when Germany came, came to be formed. But we'll talk, we're getting to that shortly. The Illuminati was started by a, a man, I forgot about Bavaria, a Bavarian by the name of Adam Hockhoff in, in, in actually 1776. I think that certainly the Americans declaring their independence had something to do with it. I don't know whether Benjamin Franklin had any role. Being a Freemason, one of the most prominent ones in the States, George Washington certainly was one. Most of those who signed the Declaration of Independence were Freemasons. America arose out of a a, a vision, an idea, the New Atlantis it was sometimes referred to as. Well, yeah, even the roads and such are like built in certain ways yes, in Washington, D.C. and such. Yeah. Washington, D.C. was set up by the architect, I can't remember his name either, to definitely be reflective of Masonic sensibilities. But a lot of this begins, a lot of the world that we know now begins with the bankers starting to arrive in, in, in the late 1600s, early 1700s. There's an enormous amount of wealth that's arrived from the New World, 
you know, various types, particularly Spain, but also Britain, some somewhat French, Portuguese, Italian. There were needed to be places to be able to safeguard this, all this wealth. And, you know, different crowns received tithings as a result, um, different percentages. Certainly the Vatican, the amount of wealth that the Vatican received, people can't even begin to imagine it. But then again, as a result of their land holdings, the, uh, the Windsors have, it's estimated, $300 trillion. We're talking about just in, incalculable for your average person amounts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of wealth, value. You have basically an interest arise in the new world during the American Revolution I don't know if anyone is familiar how much people are students of history, but you had the Hessians fighting alongside the British, the Redcoats. The Hessians were from Essen. Uh, Hermann Hesse, he, the author, is uh, you know derives his ancestry from Essen, and that's in Eastern Europe, next to Prussia. Uh, you also had again Bavaria, Alsace, parts of Austria, parts of even Italy, northern Italy. Switzerland, you all, these were all areas that had some racial or national ties to each other. And this began to trigger a fear factor with respect to the French. The more, you know, again, there had been lines of demarcation between what became France and Germany had been established as a result of different considerations. Charlemagne had something to do with that. He's looked upon as one of the greatest Catholic kings ever, and there, he, there are mixed opinions because he was rather brutal. Again, most of them were brutal if you look at European history, uh, medieval times, so forth and so on. Game of Thrones is not, you know, just, it didn't just come out of a vacuum. That was based on a lot of what went on in Europe. But as a result of people agitating, including these newly established bankers in both Britain and Germany, or again, what would become Germany, the French Revolution started and you had, uh, again, just savagery, um, depraved behavior and conduct uh, uh, just that couldn't be imagined. Uh, Robespierre, who was a Calvinist, and Trump also comes from a Calvinist tradition, I should mention, I am an anti-Calvinist of the First Order, even though it, it, John Calvin actually comes from the Scottish Hebrides, and that's part of my roots as well, Donald Trump's too. 
which has a lot to do with his personality as well as mine. Um, Calvinism became very, very prevalent amongst the Protestant, the more extreme fundamental Christians, Protestants. And the, the general idea was the best way I can articulate it is idle hands of the devil's workshop. That was as Calvinistic a, a philosophy as any that was ever mouthed or voiced. And it was justification for slaughtering large numbers of the intellectuals and the artists in France because they were not they, they were opposing a lot of the monarchy. Monarchical rule in France became unpopular and pretty much began to fade, ebb, after the French Revolution, not by accident, although you had Napoleon Bonaparte, the first Napoleon, <clears throat> more or less established himself as emperor. So kind of similar to kingship or queen, you know, monarchy, royalty, whereby there is rule over a large number of people. Same idea with the pope. Pope, pope in his own way is a monarch, monarchical figure. Um, ruled over on a large number of people in order to maintain order, exploit resources. They end up being uh, part of that process, serve at the pleasure of the royalty. This was largely the model. Serfs, you know, feudal, feudal Europe had serfs that, you know, were indentured servants, that they received certain necessities from the king from various agents, and sometimes as time evolved, you had money being distributed to the subjects. Again, we're really, really, it, there is a reason why I'm taking this trip. I hope I'm not boring people. I hope they're sticking with me. We should be into the uh, 20th century shortly, but we still have another 15 minutes or so to go. Anyway, well, yeah, and if you don't short, know your history, you're doomed to repeat it, so... I always love hearing history. Absolutely. And now more and than such. ever, that's a very, very important consideration. Uh, there was a high measure of resentment towards Marie Antoinette, of course, and Louis XIV, because they just really did not, for lack of a better term, read the, the big room. They did not really, uh, they weren't able to read the tea leaves and know that their time was coming to an end, that, that the royal attitudes towards royalty in France one of the first countries in Europe to more or less make it clear that they, they were no longer interested in being ruled by a monarchy. This was huge because it was also something, the American Revolution was the catalyst for this because, of course, the colonists more or less rejected being ruled by the crown, although that was not, there, there was a lot of illusion associated with that. We're going to get more into it very shortly. Um, but France was largely one of the reasons why the French Revolution was fought, why uh, Napoleon opposed both England. It fought Wellington, of course, famously, and that was because France was becoming so powerful. But France also feared the rise of uh, the potential for a unified Germany, because there are few nationalities more nationalistic than the Germans. And they, they were beginning to already appear to be a very real threat. The First Reich started as a result of the Roman Catholic Church in what would become Germany. Just to clarify, uh, that term is largely keyed to Roman Catholicism, which is something that a lot of people don't know. 
it's not obvious by any means. But these powerful banking interests only continued to gain power on both sides of the Atlantic. They were, again, controlled both by the British banks and the Teutonic banks. Dynasties is the best word you can use for families like the Rothschilds. Uh, Bank of London being a, a huge factor. Um, and Britain basically, as well as the bankers, recognized an opportunity when there were disputed claims as to territory in Canada, uh, the, the desire to expand in both the United States as well as Canada to start the War of 1812 because there were incursions on Canada, claims being laid by the United States and real arguments that were arising, violent arguments. Uh, the War of 1812 was comparatively short, but it was more or less an exercise on the part of the British crown and the bankers, the Germans, German families, to try to end up influencing American affairs. Uh, there's just no other way to put it. Uh, one condition well, you know, of... they really tried, but... <laughs> what do you mean? Like, they really tried to come over and take things over and be the prime and to run this as well so they could get money off of us for what they need. But we didn't allow that to happen over here. You know, we have the whole Absolutely. Boston Tea Party, and so again, on and so forth. Britain basically was playing a long con of sorts, for lack of a better term. Uh, they were making the Americans think that they had won the revolution. They certainly had put Britain at a disadvantage in the end. Cornwallis had no choice but to surrender. But there was a certain strategic value to him doing so because it meant the Brit that, that the Americans might end up having something of a sense of false security, which, as it turned out, there was an element of that. But Andrew Jackson, although he is a very controversial figure, and I don't particularly like him, one of the earliest Democrats, he basically spurned the banks and said, point blank, we are not going to be sharing revenue with you. We are establishing our own banking system, our own currency. You know, you are not getting any part of it. That said, there were definitely constitutional revisions that occurred, which meant that uh, the United States was more subject to British parliamentary rule. Because before that, that was not necessarily the case. Regionally speaking, there were different ways of being able to dispense justice, and particularly with respect to land rights, that became a critical consideration. So after the French Revolution, Prussia starts looking at really trying to figure out how to begin unifying these, these, these nation states, these families, these dynasties in Germany, and more or less starts war with France in order to be able to take back parts of their land as well as Alsace, mm -hmm. which was part of France. And this would happen again in World War II. Hitler would have a view, uh, as did Kaiser Wilhelm. Kaiser, of course, a word meaning Caesar, which is not a coincidence, looking again at the Roman Catholic element of this. I don't know That's if I really I believe in coincidences, so... <laughs> there are none. No, there are everything none. happens for a reason. Up, there are none. No matter everything how good or bad. for a reason. Yeah. And we That's may not right. be able to recognize the chain of events which leads to that quote-unquote coincidence, and again, simply meaning coinciding, 
but there is definitely a, a connection that can be recognized with the right, you know, being able to see the pattern and where, you know, from what starting point there is. Um, but at any rate, France was very unstable after, unstable after the, uh, the, the French Revolution. And Prussia knew this, so they basically ended up pouncing on Alsace successfully. But also there were agreements that ended up being made. Protestantism had started to arise in Germany. After all, Martin Luther was of Germanic descent. But it, as a result of Prussia asserting itself, there was a weakening of, of the Protestant influence. And again, more or less, you began to see the seeds of the Second Reich emerge, which would ultimately be head by Kaiser Wilhelm. At the same time, there was a very important development which occurred. Uh, Walter Bosley, who is very much involved with disclosing a lot of particular attributes of UFOs, and as I was, gonna, I was actually going to mention this, I'm hoping to be able to provide an extensive uh, resource thread to you so anybody who's interested in finding out more about anything we've talked about in here can do so, as I've done in the past, because I think it's definitely a good way of getting greater clarification. I don't mm -hmm. presume for one minute what I'm communicating and the way that I'm communicating it is going to necessarily be understood fully. Right. Uh, there's a lot of information tonight in particular, but an organization, which I'm not going to try to end up telling you what exactly it stands for, that the letters were NJ or NYMZA, yeah. Well, we're going to go. Um, I hate to interrupt, oh, but we're going to go to break in just one sure. minute. So, would you like to okay. tell our listeners right now if you do have more questions, definitely call us 970-335-9596. But, uh, Jim, how can they get a hold of you? Well, again, at this point in time, I certainly am not really doing much with my other page, the Human Internet Radio Project. So, if at all possible, mm -hmm. I'm going to depend on you being a conduit for Ooh. these questions. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There'll be threads. And if you have questions, if there are questions you want to ask me, certainly you can hit me back in a PM. Okay. That I think probably is the best course of action. Under or we the could tag you certainly, or something. So, what's that? Or we could tag you like uh, at James Moses definitely. or whatnot. That's, that's a very good, that's a very good way of going about it. Absolutely. Because I will okay. definitely read whatever questions arise. Tag me, tag Jim Moses or James Moses. Uh, and uh, whichever comes up, that'd be great. You have the ability to tag me. So if you, there are people asking questions, then I'll be—I'll know that those questions are being asked, and I can go right to it and check, try to clarify as best as possible. I think I'll be able to answer almost all questions associated with this. There's just so much information that it's hard to know where there's going to be questions arising from what I'm talking about. Awesome. Well, on that note, we are going to go to our first musical break. On this break, we have Fireline Kiss, who is an on-road trucker. Thank you so much, Fireline Kiss. Da who, who or whatever your real name may be. He's trucking along with his two little doggies, and he's writing some music, which is very awesome. Um, and his song is Your Eyes. We also have Cockroach from the UK with I See You as in hospital ICU. And then we have Fred Johnson III from Canyon County, California. Oh my gosh, this guy's my favorite. With Sugar, you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this musical break. You're on, you're on, you're on, you're on.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Welcome back, and thanks so much for joining us tonight on We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. Tonight we're joined by Mr. Jim Moses, and we've been talking about the history of man and different things that are going on with the timeline that we are uh, looking at right now. So, Jim, welcome back, and thanks so much for joining us. Of course, Tessa, and uh, definitely want to bring us back into where we were we had left off uh, kind of a Jules Verne moment, H.G. Uh, Wells, with respect to this group that was coming out of Prussia called NJMZA. Uh, there was a tendency to end up putting a Y in place of the J because they are interchangeable in um, <clears throat> that, that particular language, etymology, uh, nomenclature. But the problem is a lot of people immediately associated it with the state of New York. Uh, they actually had uh, settled around the California Gold Rush uh, and established something called the Sonoma Aero Club. And they were set about to start producing various types of um, aircraft uh, to the point where you started to see a prototype, definitely where the German line of blimps, Zeppelins, dirigibles like the Hindenburg, which, of course, once... We'll talk more about that as to why the Hindenburg burned uh, in 1936, I believe it was. Um, they were working on establishing flight before uh, Wilbur and Orville Wright. Not long before, because they ended up achieving it in 1897. Um, but they were able to, at, at its peak, the, uh, the club this group were able to produce a airship that reached speeds of a uh, thousand miles in eight hours, which for 1897 was fast. Uh, it flew on a routinely flew as it happened to South America from California. They also had a presence in Utah, apparently, which ended up providing a fairly significant cultural opportunity with respect to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, as well as At a Place. If you've seen the movie, you know that they're told by the governor of Utah they need to talk to the owner of the railroad, which is Edward or E.H. Harriman, who would go on to become, already perhaps was, although not well-known, 
a supporter of efforts, uh, nationalistic efforts at German reunification. So Butch and Sundance go to talk to Harriman, and Harriman basically sends them to South America. Uh, they get into a gunfight down there, but before then they've established a ranch in a part of Argentina, very close to a rather alpine vista called San Carlos de Bariloche. And um, more or less establishing a greater German presence. A lot of Germans clustered around Bariloche, as well as places in Chile that we'll talk about more as time wears on. Uruguay, Paraguay, even in somewhat of an incursion into Brazil, possibly every part of South America, because it was a Venezuelan presence as well. <clears throat> and this all starts before the American Civil War, which is yet another opportunity on the part of the bankers to divide the United States, try to gain more concessions especially when the South, Southern Democrats, South was predominantly Democratic, and they were the ones that owned the slaves. There was not a preponderance of slave owners, which a lot of people aren't aware of. By the Civil War, it was only 10% of, of the United States, 10% of people in the South owned uh, African-Americans, well, African slaves, which again was a British tradition. Among others, the uh, rival tribes in Africa would sell their um, enemies conquered, however the case may be, to colonists, British colonists that arrived to Africa as well as other nationalities, which is how this particular type of slavery arose. But Lincoln stood fast, ended up creating uh, once more, even though there were attempts to try to establish uh, a um, conduit for funds to be traveling to the Central Bank of London, Bank of London, Central Bank. There are a lot of different euphemisms. The bankers in Germany, what would become Germany, I, I keep having to qualify that, but we're getting closer to Germany actually beginning to form in the, late, in the mid to late 1800s. <clears throat> Lincoln uh, rebuffed them, uh, basically ended up when the South was um, encouraged by Britain to secede from the Union. That's how the Civil War arose. Lincoln fought because he didn't want to be in a position where they had any more power in, on the North American continent than they already possessed with Canada, with even Mexico, because it was a British and German presence in Mexico. Maximilian, you may have heard of, who was the emperor of Mexico in the 1800s after the Mexican War. Just putting my thoughts here together. Um, so anyway, unfortunately, now we've got a major echo. And it's gone. Okay, good. I spoke too soon, apparently. You have Lincoln get assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, who was a member, if you've watched National Treasure, you're aware of this, the Knights of the Golden Circle, which was a rogue Freemasonry lodge or chapter. That was largely Southern Democrats. Again, uh, Nathan um, Albert Pike, Nathaniel Forrest, those sorts of people that were involved in um, disrupting the attempts to be able to uh, 
restore the South. Emanci- you know, the, the slaves are emancipated after. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Third time in 1864, 1865. They need to have something to do with their lives, and a lot of them tended to stay on the plantations because that was all they knew. Again, to point it out, a fair number of plantations were paying wages to the slaves for their, for, for their service, for the work that they were doing, even by the Civil War, but there were still too many, and it more or less, again, was an effort on the part of Lincoln to thwart efforts on the part of the European interests that wanted to get their claws much deeper into uh, the United States, reclaim, as it were, you know, the the rights to wealth coming from the states, from the former colonies. And Andrew Johnson, who was Lincoln's uh, vice president, reluctantly so on the part of both of them, they did not get along did very little to be able to sustain any sort of progress which would allow for healing to occur, repair. Vast amounts of damage had been done in the South. Atlanta was burned. Richmond was burned. Uh, parts of Alabama, there was just, it was a scorched earth policy on the part of General Sherman, <clears throat> particularly in Atlanta, which, again, the basis of Gone with the Wind ties in all of that. A real deep resentment. The Union Army arrives to Yankees arrived to Terra, <clears throat> and of course you see the climax where the, the the mansion is in flames. That all has to do with Sherman's march. Uh, Philip Sheridan was also involved with that too. While Grant was working on trying to destroy the Army of Northern Virginia, Lee uh, around Richmond, uh, get Richmond captured, and this is what led to the end of the war. But unfortunately, there were many, many, many Confederates Southern Democrats who did not want to rejoin. They were fighting. They continued to fight a good while afterwards. It was only Grant becoming president who struggled a bit because he had split loyalties. I I suspect he was very Catholic because, unfortunately, he did end up entering into an agreement with those that were trying very hard to usurp various powers the United States possessed in fact, uh, incorporated the United States. There are attributes of our lives, including our where the capital letters are indicative of us having become individual corporations, legal corporations, as opposed to lawful citizens that were now far more under the subject of British rule. That could be um, manipulated in various ways, owed the crown specific amounts of money through what would become the Federal Reserve 30 years or 30, no, excuse me, 40 years later. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I'm just going through my notes trying to look. Um, yeah, we're, we're up. We're past that now. Okay. As a result of the NJMZA forming bonds with Harriman, others stepped in, other different types of um, 
of North American industrial, some definitely associated with with uh, familiar roots in the German territories in Britain. Again, there being a blurring with respect to that. And along comes, as I had referred to, Kaiser Wilhelm in the early part of the 20th century and referred to that time in German history as referred to as the Second Reich. While the Ottoman Empire is collapsing, Turkey is, is, is in array, disarray, Serbia, the Baltics, basically most of them, the Balkans, I should say, <clears throat> Serbia, Croatia, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, all of those former Turk tribes that came out of the Russian steppes, you know, well over a thousand, if not 2000 years ago, certainly a thousand anyways, those countries, those territories are still struggling to become established. And in the wake of that, the Ottoman Empire, the Roman Empire, aside from its presence otherwise as a religious as opposed to govern, governing body, is, 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 appears to have begun to fragment. Vatican City being like Washington, D.C., for example, and the city of London, independent entities, city-states, really true city-states, something that a lot of people don't know either, that the city of London is separate from England. And there are reasons for that related to the crown, but not, entire, not just as a result of that. So you're seeing a lot of unrest beginning to arise. Uh, uh, German nationalism is getting stronger and stronger uh, as it becomes more, has a greater sense of itself. And in the wake of this, you see two things occur. First, the beginning of efforts to overthrow the czar, again, another word for Caesar, of Russia, uh, Nicholas and his family, who were, were completely executed, everybody, including Anastasia, it's been now proven, sadly, uh, by people that were populist, essentially, uh, students of Karl Marx, who had been definitely underwritten, largely. Uh, the Russian Revolution, the bankers had a lot to do with that. Uh, the quote-unquote Jewish bankers, they began to assert themselves as being Jewish, even if they weren't necessarily so, in fact, Jesuit or Catholic. But again, there was a blurring that occurred because of the fact there were relationships, similar goals with respect to uh, events which would be desirable to occur in the Holy Land amongst both Jewish populations for different reasons and the Roman Catholic Church talk about that if I haven't already touched upon it a little bit. We're getting close to that point. But Kaiser Wilhelm also uh, ended up declaring war on Austria, which was not a full part of Germany yet. Uh, Austria, the Austro-Hungarian Austro-Hungarian Empire was what it was at that point. And a Serbian national assassinated the empire's Archduke Ferdinand, which is what started World War I, but it was largely based upon religious differences. And again, somewhat contrived. The bankers definitely fueled, you know, supplied arms to both sides, even though some they were, some, they were somewhat primitive. The American Civil War had provoked development of more advanced types of weaponry, supporting infrastructure, <clears throat> and that started to be, began to be used in World War I, uh, notably poison gas, nerve gas, so forth, mustard gas. Uh, the abandonment, except on the part of uh, countries like uh, Poland, 
of horses, cavalry units, uh, in lieu instead of tanks and motorcycles. More tanks, but motorcycles started to uh, creep in, although they weren't heavily prevalent in World War One. And basically, the Bolsheviks were predominantly European Jews, Ashkenazi, and to an extent, Khazars that had migrated to Russia, uh, headed by uh, people known as Vladimir Lenin, who had a very different name than that, and Leon Trotsky. Um, Before that, you had the beginnings of uh, what were known as the Jekyll Island deliberations to try to establish the Federal Reserve um, as a result of attitudes that emerged from Jekyll Island, which is off the coast of North Carolina. This happened, I believe, in 19, either 1910 or 1911. These bankers, these industrialists, these world shakers basically convened in North Carolina to try to decide how to establish a, a permanent presence in the United States that would allow monies to be derived going back to Europe, the central bank, and that was the Federal Reserve. But before then, there, there's arguments, disagreement as to what exactly the purpose of sacrificing the, what was thought to be the Titanic and actually was the Olympic. Um, what's purpose that served? Was it ritualistic, believe it or not? There's been some suggestion of that. Or it may have simply been sabotage because there were certain people aboard, including John Jacob Astor, who owned the White Star Lines, who were opposed to the notion of getting involved with American affairs for a variety of different reasons. There were split loyalties that occurred. You know, they did not want a sometimes it was, you know, more pragmatic than anything else because they didn't want to offend American businesses politicians by more or less forcing a an income what would become an, an income tax but tithing again a formal tithing that would go back to the crown because it would be just an absolute insult to the perception of american independence even though the british parliamentary rule continued to be the you know continued to affect a lot of different types of judicial proceedings for whatever reason, John Morgan, John Pierpont Morgan, who would end up uh, betraying Nikola Tesla, uh, failing to underwrite uh, his Wardenclyffe project in Ro uh, Long Island for wireless electricity, that had been uh, a, a test run that occurred in Colorado Springs, of course, to try to see whether or not it was viable. It was a far more. We conducive. actually um, have one right outside of Rico, Colorado. It's this really secret community, and they have a, a Tesla plant there, which is very small. You look in there and you're like, what the hell? There's like nothing in here. You can see this small concrete encapsulation, but basically it's an empty room. And this whole yep. neighborhood is run off of Tesla power, and they're very secretive of it. So when you go driving through there and they don't recognize your vehicle, they're they're really on to you. But it's so awesome. Um, but, I, you know, it's all about the almighty dollar. That's why we don't have it. It was so there is a, there what is thought, And it's never been it's never been established because of just the secrecy you're talking. Speaking of, there was an agreement made with Tesla that he would provide the technology as a result of being able to utilize that part of Colorado Springs 
and maybe it's outside Colorado Springs. It may be a substation that he was using, but they would get free energy as a result of that. They would have the means to be able to produce free energy. I've never, you're the first person to ever mention this to me, but it doesn't surprise me either because that's how Tesla was. He was very altruistic. That was his upbringing in Serbia. His father was an Orthodox priest. His mother was a very intelligent um, woman. They were somewhat strict, somewhat pious. He went through what would be the Amish, uh, Amish equivalent of Rumspringer uh, when he was in his late teens. But at any rate, getting back to what we were saying here, um, J.P. Morgan betrayed Tesla, supported him for quite some time, but then ended up pulling the plug, so to speak, on Wardenclyffe because he did not want to cut his, his own feet from under him. You know, because he recognized that being able to perpetually provide, distribute electricity, power to people was going to be a source of enormous wealth. So he wasn't going to have any part of that. He was a fairly shrewd person. And for whatever reason, he never set foot on the Olympic. So he didn't die. He didn't go down with the ship. But the reason why sabotage occurred was the Olympic had, uh, was the sister ship of the Titanic, and, of course, there was a book written. Nobody knows whether it was a case of precognition called The Wreck of the Titan several years before that pretty much described the events of what was thought to be the Titanic. And, again, the name Titanic appears on either side of the bow, but they were switched out. After the Olympic had an, a, a, a collision with at least one and possibly two ships and had serious damage incurred as a result of it, also being helmed by Captain Edward Smith. Smith then took the helm again at the Olympic, although he certainly knew it was the Titanic. What motivates someone to take, allow their lives to be taken? Again, we're probably talking about somebody who had ties to the, you know, maybe his family was provided for. I don't know. The bottom line is, is that the sabotage did occur. There's no doubt about it. It did tie in with the Jekyll Island meeting and, the subsequent formation of the Federal Reserve in 1913, a few months uh, before my father was born in June of 1913. And <clears throat> just to people weren't aware of this, that may be listening for this time, I'm 58. I, my father was fairly old when I arrived to the world. He was born off the coast of Cuba, but not in, interna in international waters, so he was technically an American. Um, and again, this is that will become significant as we go forward, not greatly so, but it, it ends up explaining a lot of some of the things I'm going to mention. So we're already to the point where we're approaching the end of World War One, more or less a contrivance on the part of the bankers to try to end up unifying, first unifying, but also ostensibly bankrupting Germany, the war reparations that were agreed upon. We have the first arrival of two very key figures in American history who some of you may recognize. They were brothers, John Foster Dulles and Alan Dulles, who coordinate signing of what's known as the Treaty of Versailles, which does provide that Germany would pay reparations, war reparations of 22 billion marks. And as of 2014, that would be, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 200 trillion marks. So this was going to be something that, by all appearances, crushed the German people, and they resented it. It was, as, as might be expected, they resented it. 
Meanwhile, the quote-unquote Jewish bankers, the court Jews, which is a term that is used with respect to bankers serving various royal courts, different types of monarchies, each one was took various people that were involved in the signing of these, Kaiser Wilhelm, the American president, Woodrow Wilson, who basically... Just I hate to interrupt real wreck. quick, but I just had something Sorry. weird paranormal happen. I just heard a train horn, and there is no train around here. Um, so I just had to make note of that, just in case anything else goes on. Very Holy weird. Schnikes. Very weird. Indeed. Um, but at any rate, we're, we were talking about um, they're preparing to sign the Treaty of Versailles that ends up also providing for what's known as the League of Nations, which would later become the United Nations, which was another way of the um, quote-unquote deep state, what we refer to now as the deep state, the Illuminati, the bankers, the royalty, the monarchy, all having more influence in not just United States affairs, but countries all over the world under the auspices of a unified, more sane, peace-seeking organization. This is why it was located in, in, in New York. That was not by accident, because there were very specific instructions on the part of those writing the Treaty of Versailles that it should be located in New York. But it failed, uh, uh, it failed by all appearances for a variety of different reasons um, that are not well understood, but again, all as a result of decisions by the industrialists, the bankers, those who had the greatest amount of wealth. Um, Germany actually thrived after the end of World War One. Uh, very people couldn't figure out why, but the reason was a lot of what would become the Third Reich, the Nazi Party, was located in the United States. The industrialists, such as just to name a few, Ford Motor Company, Henry Ford definitely was a Nazi sympathizer. Bird's Eye Food, Clarence Bird's Eye and his brother. DuPont, which shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, John Rockefeller's Standard Oil. Uh, on, the, on, on the European side, you had companies emerging in Germany like Thyssen, Krupp, both of which were involved in producing submarines, various types of um, metal infrastructure. You had IG Farben, which ended up being involved with the uh, implementation of gas chambers, Zyklon gas, which is a form of cyanide, um, Zyklon being German for cyclone. Cyclone is actually a German word. That's the anglicized version of it. All these companies, Volkswagen, another one, Porsche, of course, associated with Volkswagen, Bayer would emerge in the, in the wake of IG Farben. BASF, which stands for Bavarian Audio Sound Factory. I can't remember what the, the acronym is. Um, you had companies on either side of the Atlantic. So, in fact, the Third Reich existed both in the United States and Germany. People know this on a subliminal level, but I don't know that a lot of them are in a position where they can really reconcile it with their view of American history because it was so much posited as the Allied forces versus the Axis. But the intersecting point all along was Germany. Italy was on the periphery, again, looking very much at a very specific type of fascism, when in fact the fascist, fascism that the Nazis... Yeah, and Jason uh, in the chat was saying, deep state, German intelligence, M15, and CIA. 
absolutely. But, but, but again, CIA emerged from the, the, basically what happened, John Foster and Alan Dulles, along with why I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to do it anyways, because we're not far from there either. Uh, joined with Wild Bill Donovan and um, possibly George Bush, who I'm going to be talking about and uh, uh, connected to the photo that I posted to your page, <clears throat> to form the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. Office of Special Services was more or less strictly military, not clandestine so much, but certainly did have some secret operations. They used the OSS in order to be able to form the CIA. And the CIA more or less quickly became associated with organized crime. In fact, some of either members would say that they were one and the same. But that was a while down the road. We haven't quite gotten there yet. <clears throat> Let me see where I am. I just need to kind of catch myself. Um, so Adolf Hitler, it is widely believed, was an illegitimate Rothschild, that his mother uh, was uh, had relations, was taken advantage of, which was a common thing that occurred. She was a servant woman made in Austria by a member of the Rothschild family. I can't remember which one off the top of my head. Um, this created a natural resentment on his part and made him very malleable in terms of being able to exploit those feelings of resentment towards the Jewish bankers, toward, again, presenting themselves as being Jewish. And they may very well have practiced the Jewish faith, but they were not ethnic, ethnically Jewish. They were not Semite. They did not derive from the Middle East. At least most of them did not, and probably none of them at the end of the day. <clears throat> that perception was critical in terms of being able to bring about a lot of what happened during World War II. Um, Hitler joined up with Rudolf Hess, who some of you may be aware of, a very eccentric figure in the view of a lot of people. Um, established a, a, a um, manifesto of philosophy, while in the meantime, Russia, also aided by different bankers, were trying to really consolidate the so what became the Soviet Union or the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Um, in the case of Hitler, his manifesto was Mein Kampf, and Karl Marx provided a lot of the propaganda, some of it very valid in terms of, or should say, having value with respect to human affairs, but not, you know, not for the purpose of establishing a totalitarian society, dictatorship such as first Lenin, and then especially Stalin uh, instituted brutally. Uh, he was a former criminal. Uh, he was, you know, he was in prison. There was, uh, he was a very ruthless, ruthless, capricious person. And that's one of the reasons why so many people died in the purge, just as would happen with uh, Mao, who was cultivated by the bankers um, in the wake of resentment towards Japan invading, again, for economic reasons, to seize Chinese wealth, the beginnings of their entry into World War II. China, of course, having been battered by the opium uh, trade, uh, they had, I mean, opium basically was exported to China. Chinese did not use opium until the eight, you know, 17, 1800s, at least not wide scale. And that was coming from Britain. Britain had a very, 
trade going on with China to provide opium from the um, – We had a, the, uh, the, the, a comment from the chat. Uh, Jason was saying, right now the U.S. is fighting the deep state. We're at war and also fighting a war within war. CIA peeps have been taken out. Even the CIA director was injured recently and is being treated. Why they call at the spa, the good guys have been taking out Rothschilds and Rockefellers. We might start to hear about some of this in 2021. And everybody's uh, hoping for a better 2021, but uh, yeah, I think Jason, it's going to get worse before it gets me, any better. Yes, you're absolutely right. That's that's what's being said is that Gina Haspeth did get injured. I do know that at least six people were killed in the raid on the Seidel servers in Frankfurt. No coincidence they're located in Frankfurt, even though Seidel is based in Spain. Again, utilizing uh, backdoor uh, manipulatable or exploitable technology, which started, in fact, and I'm going to get to that momentarily, the Promise software, which uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, father, Robert, was instrumental in being able to distribute and uh, allow for, first of all, uh, determinations with respect to judicial cases in the United States to be skewed, particularly with respect to juries, and also uh, various types of nuclear installations, high security places around the United States, which were, you know, again, risks, big risks. And uh, my thought is, is the Dominion emerged, the creation of the Dominion software emerged from the general technology that was created to be able to implement Promise. Inslaw, who the uh, inventor of, uh, was supposedly committed suicide, but may have been murdered by the deep state, including agents in Israel, the Mossad, Black Cube. I don't know if any of these names ring a bell, but they're very much involved. Trump is cleaning house draining the swamp, getting rid of the CIA is its hope will be gone by 2021, late 21, early at the latest. Yeah. Like every time I see him, I don't know. I just see this really spoiled pouty fat kid, you know, that's just like, I didn't lose, you know, totally mad about losing monopoly or whatnot. I don't know. He just refuses to get up, give up, which in one I'm going to tell you some things, Tessa, which will really clarify that that the election was stolen from from Trump. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I'm trying to answer Jason's question. I'm up on it. I know know what's going on. I know all of it. I've been following Q. There are very specific events, and when you begin to understand who Joe Biden is and who he has direct connections to, I've already mentioned the person once. He is the single, uh, the person I'm going to talk about, uh, is the single biggest, most important figure in 20th century history where America is concerned. He did immense amounts of damage, created, killed hundreds of millions of people as a result of actions by the CIA. As yeah, I and said, Joe, or Jason says, yes, Spain, the Paragon Company, Special Forces, look out, um, security detail. And he said, I'm trying to push him along. Um, but he said, Monopoly, it was stolen. He said it was stolen. He's talking about the election, or is he talking about one of the agencies? He said Biden is wearing an ankle bracelet. <laughs> he is correct in my estimation. The evidence from photos would tend to definitely indicate that. You had the precedence with McCain, who was a traitor uh, and was likely executed. For He and John Kerry have both been involved for quite some time with arms trading to Korea. 
uh, North Korea, both Koreas probably. China. I mean, the level of corruption is 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 so immense. People and and and, and evil, which again, as I define strictly, animalistic impulses oh, yeah. out of fear of was... need, primal fear of need. Yeah, he was saying it was the election that was stolen. All right, we're going to get to that. I'm going to talk much more about that and the seeds that were planted long ago for why Biden ended up being chosen, why the DNC insisted upon him being the nominee, as baffling and seemingly stupid a decision as that seems. Um, It's not predicated upon best candidate at all, not by a long shot. There's a variety of different reasons why Biden was selected, but it's going to take a little getting to. I I know we're we're at a quarter of 12, so I I want to pick things up a little bit. Um, at any rate, you have George Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, taking the name supposedly from his grandfather, Herbert Walker, um, Samuel Bush, uh, Prescott Bush, Sheldon Bush, all Bushes involved with the Harrimans, Edward Harrimans, uh, they're, they're managing the affairs of Harriman as well as Remington Arms, which becomes critical. Another Nazi-supporting U.S.-based company. And the Bushes absolutely supported Nazi Germany because, and this is where it gets interesting, if anybody's familiar with this, if they're familiar with some of what Otto Skorzeny said to have to say on his deathbed, he basically disclosed that George... H.W. Bush was not George H.W. Bush per se. There was a family called the Talismans in England, but actually were of Germanic descent. And his real name was Scherf. He was the young, he was the son of Tesla's assistant, George Scherf, spelled S-E-H-E-R-F, sometimes with two Fs. Uh, he was actually given the nickname, it said, by Scorsini. Uh, Tesla called him Curious George because he was so annoyed by the fact that Poppy got into everything. He just he was he was a very curious and very presumptuous kid too. So there was a real issue, as I understand, based upon what I've read. Uh, Eric Berman, I think it was. Yes, Eric Berman was the one who published a lot of uh, an interview, the interviews that he'd had with Otto Scorsani in Florida. Was dating, in fact, Scorsani's daughter. It's also said that the name Curious George given to Poppy was the inspiration for the books by Margaret and R.A. Ray. No way to really confirm that, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing either, especially since I believe they were New York-based. And uh, New York is a smaller city than people think. But um, where was I? At any rate, this more or less would tend to suggest, even though they're not a perfect match, you, the photo that I posted of this gathering of some of Germany's biggest, the Nazi uh, Nazi party's biggest figures, uh, Reinhard Gellin, Martin Bormann, who would take over from Rudolf Hess after Hess, for whatever reason, flew to see Churchill, who in fact had plunged England under false pretense into the war. He had attacked against the advice of a number of people, attacked Germany when supposedly, and again, I am not saying Hitler was being uh, authentic either, that he was seeking peace. But Hess flew to England, attempted to meet Lord Hamilton. I don't know how much the British, the royal crown, the British family was involved with this, but I suspect there was definitely an element of it. 
and Hess basically got imprisoned. He first started. He was first imprisoned in Britain, and then he was transferred to Spandau in Berlin after the war. And nobody knows why he was one of the few Nazis who was imprisoned until he took his life. Again, it appears he took his life in 1987. Um, a lot of questions with respect to that. Nobody really knows the full story as to what his motivations were, but Hitler was, at least on the surface, very upset. Bormann took over from Hess. But at any rate, in this photo, you have the two sheriffs, uh, uh, George H.W. Uh, Bush's real mother, um, Otto, Joseph Mengele, who, of course, was, you know, just, I mean, it looks like a typical, it does not look, there's no sinister quality to this photo. It looks like a family vacation. I don't know how else to put it. If you look at it yourself, this is the one that Scorzani gave to Eric the Berman. The Christmas vacation. Oh, I don't know. Uh, interesting segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I put this? Um, basically, Bush was a plant, as the story goes. He was a deliberate plant. He uh, was adopted, as the story goes, under this particular scenario by uh, Herbert Walker and the Bushes. But again, he resembles, there may, be, there may be a connection. There may actually be, although it's been very well obscured. The Bush family genealogy is just a tangle. There's no other way to put it. I think it's deliberate, and I do think it's possible that there was already a relationship between George H.W. Bush and his, what is believed to have been his father in the United States. He and grandfather were involved with Harriman. So it's hard to say. Do you think they were involved with the Skull and Crossbone Society? Unquestionably. Unquestionably. Good question. And if you know anything about the rituals with respect to Skull and Crossbones, it explains a lot. There are very specific, very distasteful, rituals associated with being initiated into the skull and crossbones skull and bones at Yale. Nobody knows where Eli Yale contrived this particular set of initiation rites. Uh, it is thought there's definite connections to certain Masonic sects. So that would explain a lot of it. But um, where was I? At any rate, the, something else that was not well known was that there were a fair number of quote-unquote Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, bankers, industrialists, calling the, again, as I said, the eugenics movement really started in the United States. Unfortunately, as much as I, I, I very much value the ability to plan one's family, to have birth control and so forth, my view on abortion is until such time as birth control is perfected, it should be safe and rare, and that's it. And it cannot be on demand. I'm not an on-demand person, not even close. But again, there are reasons why, the why Roe versus Wade was passed. It was to be able to provide diploid cells for vaccines. That was a huge part of it in 1973. A lot of people don't know that either, but Samuel Plotkin admitted as much who was the, viewed as the father of the vaccine industry. Again, another German Jew or, or European Jew. Yeah, and we got a few uh, things coming through here. 
uh, Chuck Bam said he wants proof John McCain was arrested and convicted. He said the never-ending state funeral does not say that. I don't know if that was the correct word. Autocorrect can be terrible. Um, let me go down here. Jason said the U.S. military helicopters have been really busy, much more than normal amount in the air. We are yep. snatching yep. up BLM. Going to get Mo back and forth. Higher concentration. I've heard about that. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Uh, as to um, the question with regards to you know, whether or not McCain was executed, it's been kept very hush-hush, even though it's kind of an open secret amongst the disclosure culture community. Um, it's also thought with good reason, because, again, Bush, if there was any one person on earth that deserved to be executed, it was George H.W. Bush for his crimes. We're going to get into that. I mean, the extent of his crimes are more vast than people can imagine, and he hit it very, very well. He was a passive-aggressive, very, very disarming sociopath. Uh, so you did not necessarily know unless you were in his inner circle, basically. Same for his wife, who was said to possibly, and again, never established as proven, but she closely resembles Aleister Crowley, whatever that means. Again, secret societies, occult. I'm not putting a lot of weight on that. I don't universally condemn occultism, secret societies. There are good and there are bad. There's black magic and white magic, and it's it's not helpful to condemn wholesale because there's so much that it ties into directly to all the religious traditions as well. This is a conversation that could fill up another show or at least half a show, so I don't want to get too much into it. Any rate, the Jews, uh, these particular Jews were, were encouraging the sterilization of all Germans. That certainly ended up creating great resentment on the part of those who were being targeted or it, the recommendation was made, being made for. Uh, I think Although a lot of what went on, a lot of this was about industrialization, Tessa. Auschwitz was a work camp. You know, the whole notion of work will make you free. That wasn't just a slogan. That tied in with the purpose of why these concentration camps were set up. That dissidents, typically it started off with dissidents. Of course, the Jews had been um, ostracized for a variety of different reasons, Largely because there was a sense, I think, on the part of many Germans who were not, did not identify, were not practicing Jews, that there was not a lot of concern about the conditions of non-Jewish or Gentile Germans that they were supposedly suffering. But again, there was so much distortion of the actual economic conditions. And of course, the, the, the Depression did not help to matters at all. That certainly was something, I think, that fed into the resentment because there was no way for those people, the ones that did not thrive at the hands of the bankers that were underwriting Germany's recovery from World War One. Also, a certain amount of deferment occurring with the war reparations. They would have been paying it until 1988 is the way it originally was. If, if they were expected to pay, pay the entire 22 billion marks, it would have taken until 1988 for them to wipe out that debt, which, you know, is, is, is just hard to conceive. Um, again, Soviet, the Soviets, the Soviet model, the Nazi model, they were both fascist totalitarian systems. There was no difference. Two sides of the same coin. And we have this tendency in the West, a lot of what followed with respect to, uh, great fear about, you know, the cold war, the Soviet union, the reds, the Ruskies, 
you know, all of that came as a result of this false dichotomy with respect to the Soviets and the Nazis. Although in certain ways, the Soviets were a much bigger threat, largely because they had so many natural resources, a vast country, one of the largest on earth. I mean, it stretches almost 5,000 miles. I think it's close to 5,000, at least 4,000 miles from east to west. And a lot of different resources, oil certainly being one of them, but wheat, food. The other problem, of course, with Russia, though, is the extreme temperatures, as the German army found out uh, trying to, you know, with the siege of Leningrad, Moscow as well. Um, Any rate, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to spend too much time on the war. We're going, to re- we're going to return to post-war activities, immediate post-war activities. And we do have to go to our, our next musical break. But before we do go there, I didn't get to uh, finish the question. He was saying the U.S. Oh, military helicopters have been really busy, much, much more than normal amount in the air. Uh, we're snatching up BLM and Antifa leaders who are in cahoots with bad part of our intelligence military may step in due to martial law. So getting the bad people out of the way, if martial law happens, it's in the next 60 days, he said. Um, And then they're going back and forth in the chat room, but there's so much stuff going on. And uh, he was also saying McCain was executed. Um, They're going back and forth about that, but there's so much stuff out there and it's hard to really hit on it all at once, but we do have to go. Yep. Yep. Like I said, to our second musical break, which is Fireline Kiss with Angel. We also have Cockroach with We Playhouse. And then we have Fred Johnson III with After Dark. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this musical break. Thank you. 
Welcome back, and thanks so much for coming out to We Are Paradox Media's Late Night in the Rockies. Tonight we have Mr. Jim Moses. Jim Moses, welcome back, and thanks so much for hanging out with us and going through history and such with us and discussing different pinpoints. It's been awesome. No worries. No worries. I'm glad to. Glad to. Um, I hope I answered Jason's question and the other person's question. I know their name began with a J, but I'm not as good with names as I used to be. One reason why there aren't a lot of them in this particular uh, show, but <clears throat> it's just it's too much to keep track of all the uh, the players involved with this with this drama, and it's it's high drama in the scheme of things. But I did talk about uh, on a number of occasions with respect to the perception of there being a direct association outside of religious affiliation and belief systems between the European Jews, uh, Ashkenazi Jews, and the actual Israel-based, Israel before Israel was, created, it turned, was turned into a state, Palestine would be the better word to use up until 1947. But um, it was a tool on the part of the uh, the bankers, the industrialists, those agencies, including the United Nations, which is beginning to gain strength by now, even though the League of Nations had failed to prevent World War II, on the surface it was a failure. How much that was, you know, again, another long con is hard to say. But people, along, you know, like uh, the, uh, Simon Wiesenthal with the Anti-Defamation League, Ely Weisel, this was all an attempt to prevent criticism of actions taken by people that identified as Jewish, including Eli a lot of things that, that occurred. Um, was that the one that wrote Night? Oh, that was a horrific book. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it was a, a horrible uh, Holocaust book about there were, there were babies horrors. and There such. were horrors, make yeah. no mistake. Again, um, how, these, was... how these people that... that, uh, that sorry. Go ahead. You're about to say? Well, uh, we had a question in the chat, and I didn't want it to get away from us. Sure. We have uh, Chuck Bam, and he said, I don't believe JK, JFK Jr. is alive. Ask the guest what he thinks. If yes, his only evidence is question, which I have seen by wrong time after time, sadly. So wrong time after time. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what exactly that means, but I can tell you based on a voice comparison between uh, presumably there's two different pseudonyms that are being said to you, uh, Vincent Fusco, which mm -hmm. in Italian definitely is is kind of communicating, uh, telegraphing a very specific message, and also another one um, I can't think of the name. I um, I posted the he was the one that talked a lot about what happened with regards to the events preceding his father's assassination, ostensibly JFK Jr.'s father's assassination. The voices are very close, Tessa, very, very close. I was shocked. I did not think they were going to be that close, but I know mm -hmm. enough about voice analysis to say, like, oh, my God, these people. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, that sounds just like I don't know like if I would him. go that far. <laughs> But it, it sounded a lot. It didn't sound exactly, but again, allotting for him being almost 60 years old. He's close to my age. I think he's a little younger or a little old. He's a little older because he was born just before me. You might I sound think a he was born in 1960 or 61. It's hard to say. Um, but yes, I think there's a possibility. I don't know whether Bobby Jr., his uncle, was playing when he apparently, when somebody asked in a chat, uh, 
he ended up, uh, the person instructed him to uh, rub his nose if, if JFK Jr. was alive and Bobby did. Now, whether or not he was just having fun, trying to kind of be an agent provocateur, I'm not sure. Maybe he, know, he does know. I think there's a possibility that he and Carolyn Bissett are alive, but I, I can't say with any certainty. I'll leave it at that. Um, was she the one that got I on the plane, know... too, with him and his fiance? Oh, my God. I just realized that. Well, no. Him and his sister and his fiance, Or Car- was it him and his fiance yeah, and her exactly. sister? Yeah, exactly. Carolyn's sister. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And in a photo, this is the weird thing. In a photo at the National Transportation Bureau, NTB, I think it's NTB, uh, on Long Island after they had recovered supposedly parts, the two NTB attendants look exactly like JFK Jr. and Carolyn. <laughs> what exactly. the hell? Which seems a little risky, daring on their part for, be, for them to be doing. But I've seen we crazier do know, things and again, happen. This is talking, we are going to get to the reasons why JFK Jr. named his magazine what he did. What he did. Um, I think you're probably already aware of that other people are, but we need to, get, we need to go through the 50s, and I'll okay. do that quickly. Not going to touch on Eisenhower's warning. He knew about the secret societies, mm-hmm. the military-industrial complex, which all tied in with the continuing Nazis. The Third oh, Reich God. continued to exist after World War II. You had Operation Paperclip with a variety of different sciences, scientists, including Victor Schauberger, who was critical in terms of what he provided to uh, research with respect to vacuum propulsion, although it's not well publicized. And then the much more well publicized Werner von Braun, who ended up more or less assuming command, no pun intended, of NASA as it became more fully realized in the late Mm -hmm. 50s until he was shown the door for a couple of different reasons. A lot of (laughs) rituals, Masonic symbology tied up with NASA that uh, that by itself, again, would be another whole at least half show anyways, and I don't understand all of it myself. I need to do some research. But It is so crazy. <laughs> let's talk about Joseph McCarthy for a minute because okay. McCarthy has been excoriated, and I've thought for quite most, most of my life he was basically a, a, a thug, a bully. But in fact, there was more going on, and Bobby and JFK, who also were Roman Catholic, McCarthy was Roman Catholic, very, very intelligent, taught uh, various classes himself, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Nuremberg had occurred. Uh, McCarthy had prosecuted Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. Again, the blurring with respect to names, Jewish versus non-Jewish. There's a lot of contention associated with uh, those th- th- that couple getting executed, and I don't understand why they did. I think it was very, I think Truman really took liberties in that case. I don't know why he did it. There's talk also that there was no need to drop the atomic bomb. Japan would have surrendered. I'm not sure I believe that. Truman is not well regarded amongst a fair number of people, and McCarthy couldn't stand him, as I understand it. I think he had some and good I don't points, know but people feeling. just people just hated him. You know, he had some good points, but he had some rather not good points. But mostly, he had good points. But yeah, there was that whole demographic against him and. He was not, not he was healthy. not a democratic president that was interested in consensuses at all. The buck yeah. stops here really is a, I mean there's various meanings associated with that but McCarthy basically was focusing on a number of different things 
people do not know this, and I actually heard this from, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dark Journalist out of Boston, Daniel Litz. He's interviewed a couple of very significant people, one of them Joseph Farrell, who mm-hmm. is involved with a variety of different uh, exposés associated with the Nazis, what's known as the Black Budget, uh, yes. as is Catherine Austin Fitz, who coincidentally enough, was the assistant secretary of HUD under Poppy's administration, and the Bushes came after her because she came to know too much. Um, <clears throat> survived, but I get the impression she's been on the run, was on the run for quite some time. I don't think that W has quite the vindictiveness as his father, but I'm not sure about that either. I think um, he's just like a stupidly cute, like strategery and, and certain other things like that. Um, he's a pre- he's he's a he's he's a jock kid. He's he's, he's a Yale product who basically never really had his his his, his presidency is not remarkable except for the the the, the how the, the the carnage that occurred during it. But again, Obama topped him with respect to that in certain ways, aside from considerations of the World Trade Center, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason the the thing is very interesting that people aren't aware of, and I never knew, is McCarthy was, was focusing heavily on uh, reverse engineering of German radar systems as well as UFOs. Uh, Fort Monmouth in New Jersey was apparently trying to retrofit various or adapt certain types of uh, German Nazi radar systems, and he was concerned about that, and I think it was because of elements with respect to Operation Paperclip, which... I also wonder, because of the fact it's so close to Philadelphia and Princeton, if the Philadelphia experiment was coordinated, at least in part, out of Fort Monmouth. Um, but again, that's Army versus the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Navy. Well, yeah, yeah, and Tesla. Philadelphia Naval Yard. Yeah, Tesla was involved with this Tesla, from the Tesla beginning. Tesla didn't have much involvement. But he, he, no, he was from old. the beginning he was, but then he stepped out because he's like, you shouldn't do this. This is not good. It's not going to turn out well the way you think it should, and I have to step back and and not do this. Ooh, it was I so I think bad. he didn't know the particulars. I think that he had, an, he had, a, he had a sense, he a did. notion. I think he knew what mm-hmm. they were trying to do, but he was very, very old. I mean, basically, he died. He was killed. If, if, if a, a Scorzanian's accomplice killed him, it was in January of 1943. The Philadelphia Experiment, the fully realized, the first fully realized uh, version of it didn't occur until October of 1943. That's the only reason I qualify. I know Einstein definitely was involved, at least to some extent, through Princeton. That's clear. Uh, John von Neumann had was in communication with Einstein from time to time, and I do think he was consulted about it. I think Tesla was made aware, but I think he backed out. I think that he was very gun-shy with respect to the reaction he gotten from uh, utilizing his death ray. Um, there were problems. I don't think he had a good yeah. relationship with the United States government. He's like, we better not do this one. There are... Yeah. Uh, plus, of course, you're dealing with the industrialists. Morgan cutting his feet out from under him with respect to Wardenclyffe. Yeah. Yet the Nazis somehow end up being able to get a hold of some of his technology uh, to end up finding a support. There is a hinge, very large hinge that corresponds to the same dimensions as Wardenclyffe in Poland, where it's thought that the Nazi bell, which may have been utilized at least in part to develop Apollo technology, including the LEM and the estimation of Walter uh, Bosley, 
who had found out about NIMSA. I think uh, Joseph Farrell as well had that sense. Um, a lot of Nazi technology came over with von Braun as opposed to von Neumann. Both of them were involved, but von Braun really was the tail that wagged NASA's dog. And a lot of that technology, although there was a lot developed in the wake of it, came from Nazi innovations. Uh, they, of course, were very close to having a bomb and really dangerous weapons, which would have shifted the favor uh, to Germany. Again, whatever that means, nobody is really clear now that we know how much the United States was involved in supporting the Third Reich as to what that would look like, would have looked like after the war. They was, it was not an us and them situation as portrayed, not by a long shot. Um, you have the European Union common market, the first uh, iteration of the European Union, which is going to figure again as we go forward, related to the topic of this conversation, of the show, the title of the show. Mm-hmm. But we want to talk a little bit about one of the huge factors okay. that ties Before we into... get there, can I uh, input sure. a couple things from the chat? Okay, so Absolutely. talking to Leeds Skullman said Tesla was killed in order to in order for the events of his death so that his research would not be stolen by an enemy country who were watching him along the U.S. government. I don't know. When he died, I remember that he had like 80-something packages, like volts. Trunks. Trunks full of information. And by the time they got to it, there was like four to seven, something like that. Um, So I don't know what was going on there. And then Jojo... Between the Serbian government, uh, there was... Sorry. Go ahead. Between the Serbian government and the United States uh, government, they took possession of a fair amount. I do know if you, I don't know how many people in the chat have seen the Tesla um, files that aired first on Discovery Channel and then ended up moving over to history. It was not even two seasons total. At some point, it really should be released on DVD, but I don't know if it's going to happen. you had a situation, and there were there were documents that were taken from Tesla's files, which were revealed in Serbia in the Tesla Museum in Serbia. Uh, they went everywhere. With great care. There's a very specific protocol. Oh yeah, absolutely. And of course, Ralph um, Bergstresser had to have had some exposure to these papers, or at least Tesla shared something with them in order for the purple plates to be developed. We know that. Um, if Ralph were still alive, he probably could fill in a lot of the gaps. And there are people probably that Kareem does not know who are aware of this. But at any rate, I digress a little bit. Not completely because, of course, purple plates are more or less an alternative uh, health care. Health They're amazing. System, and I've been but... thinking recently, like, could purple plates help with COVID? Because it does help positively with so many different things and ions and so on and so forth. And she sent me another one, which was much bigger than my wallet size. I was like, holy shit, my pockets are actually big enough because my booty's big enough. But um, you can put them under plants, put them (laughs) under uh, pet dishes. You can carry them with you. And could this help fight COVID? I don't know. Um, But Jason in the chat room was also... Short answer, yes. Yes. I'm thinking so, too. I think I might start carrying that when I wear my mask and whatever else I wear. I'm going to tell you why by the, end of the, by the end of the program. I hopefully we're, 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 I've, got to, I've got to pick things up a little bit. But what, did Jason, what was Jason's question? He said, since Jim Moses is into history, he should follow the recent news and research 
on laser technology in the U.S. We have something and others are worried it will make history. Jason, that's a whole nother show. I'm very much aware of what's going on in space. I'm going to touch on that, the black budget, trillions and trillions of dollars siphoned off for the express purpose of creating uh, these weapons, uh, the particle beam weapons that showed up on radar uh, over in California. I have screen captures of those. The fires that have been started that have melted aluminum, which is not possible with wildfires at all, uh, tying in again with 9-11, but the whole... I'm up on it. Trust me. Uh, it's just something that I'm going to stick away, stay a little bit away from because there's more information relative to what's being proposed for all of humanity that we've got to get to. This touches on it, what I'm about to go into. Of course, John D. Rockefeller, who was, among other things, Standard Oil's uh, founder, recognized a lucrative market for petrochemically-based synthetic pharmaceutical products as well as pesticides joined with the American Medical Association and Morris Fishbein, particularly with the purpose of being able to completely neutralize upstarts who had gotten the attention of conventional medicine communities like Royal Raymond Reich, Wilhelm Reich, Tesla even to an extent. They wanted to establish completely allopathic medicine. This goes back to Louis Pasteur versus... um, Antoine Bachamp in France having arguments as to whether or not the threat was primarily from outside a life form or it had more to do with the terrain, the environment, the pleomorphicists who basically understood physics well enough despite being actual physicians, men of medicine. Pasteur was a chemist, but he joined with the industrialists, the, the burgeoning chemists themselves in Switzerland, the drug trade, the pharmaceutical industry, to more or less completely overwhelm both Antoine Bichat and another person in France who was a pleomorphicist, Charles Richer, or Richer, I believe was his name. But at any rate, getting back, Morris Fishbein basically was a, a, was a hatchet man for the American Medical Association. They had a journal where if you ended up advertising, you know, making arrangements, they would back off. Otherwise, they would try to sue you out of existence. But the weird thing, and probably because he was playing, again, as he was used to, you know, financing two sides of different conflicts, he ended up becoming, John Rockefeller became president, as I've talked about, I think, in another show, the American Homeopathic Society, and lived to uh, 97, probably in no small part because of that, but the other thing that's going on, the number one element with respect to vaccines especially, but the pharmaceutical industry in general, aside from antibiotics, which were related, Jonas Salk and Albert Sabin actually had their, um, their vaccines, their polio vaccines. Polio actually caused by four pesticides, lead, arsenic, uh, and DDT, and another acronym which does not come to mind as well as the earliest forms of antibiotics, which compromised the uh, gastrointestinal biome and predictably created crises, neurological crises, through the metabolic disorders that came from those two environmentally based, completely environmentally based, but the, the enteroviruses were expelled as a result of this. Viruses are simply exomes that are produced by the body in order to be able to correct 
DNA problems, RNA problems within cells. They're like toolkits. If you the best analogy I can use, are, you know, is they're toolkits. Roundup and whatever Roundup. part. Sorry, Don't use Roundup. Roundup's bad. It'll cause all kinds of cancer. Yeah, glyphosate is is a disaster. That's that's another story. And again, that's 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 Monsanto. That's Bear Bear who took over Monsanto, purchased Monsanto because Monsanto had become just so completely. Yeah, and Monsanto I mean, is a reason why, like, we can't grow plants and then use their seeds to grow more plants. They're like, nope, we'll make these seeds infertile. Thank you very much. Come buy our seeds. Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no question about it. And I grew up near a Monsanto plant, so I, I can tell you, as, as, as sweet-smelling as whatever they were producing was, it was well known that there was a very big problem in terms of cancer clustering uh, at various Monsanto plants. Solution is what they became after the fact, and then bear. Um, but at any rate, Salk and Sabin's vaccines, both the injected and the um, oral, were contaminated with at least 40 simian retroviruses, those being things that drive the evolutionary curve of various species, one including SV40, which was determined to be promote cancer, mutagenesis, autoimmune disorders, but especially cancer. And that was administered, including to me, 200 million Americans and a lot of our progeny, those of us who have it. Also, it was transferred to them generationally. Um, an epidemic of cancer ensued, as predicted by Dr. Bernice Eddy, who was with the NIH. Um, Alton Oshner pretty much cut her throat because she came public and warned there would be an epidemic of cancer, which indeed there was. Hundreds of millions of people have died as a result of the negligence of, of, of a, a firm called Cutter Laboratories having done this. They, used, they basically cultivated the vaccines, um, distilled the vaccines on monkey kidneys, uh, green monkey kidneys, which is why this happened. What's very important that is not known uh, to almost everybody involved was that this would be a key part the uh, response to this, Richard Nixon actually was called in to do damage control. Not the first time he would be. He was kind of the cleanup man for the Republican Party, for the American uh, military industrial complex. <clears throat> but uh, these were going to be engineered by Lee Harvey Oswald, among others, uh, some doctors that were involved with Alton Oshner at uh, Tulane University uh, Hospital. And more or less, tried, the idea was to combine expo, uh, sustained radiation from x-rays and a vaccine to kill Fidel Castro. A variety of different contingencies on the part of the CIA to kill Fidel, Fidel Castro. Somewhat disingenuously again, because so, at one time they were basically supplying resources to both the Batista, which was a very right wing for the most part, platform and Fidel Castro, who, of course, was being underwritten by the communists, so Russia, so forth and so on. that they made a vaccine to kill off Fidel Castro? So, like, everybody gets this vaccine and whatever people sleep with him will kill him? Or how does that work? No, it means, in other words, that Castro would be injected with the vaccine and then exposed to radiation, which would cause, would, would uh, optimize the retroviruses. 
whatever was in there, the actual cancer. In fact, a girl by the name of that, Lee Harvey Oswald's mistress, Marina was his wife, his Russian wife. Judy, I can't remember what her name is, um, who was on, on the program, which was propaganda that I found out today. Um, the Men Who Killed Kennedy on History Channel was actually produced by the CIA, it goes. Um, Judy was involved in cultivating. She was a genius of sorts, so she worked with people involved with the NIH to produce this particular formula, which would supposedly kill Castro, who it did kill and became aware of it, Jack Ruby, after he killed Oswald, because Oswald would have ended up revealing so much of the plot. Because at the who else do you let me ask? Let me ask a question. Aside from a number of different people that had resentments towards John F. Kennedy for because they were attacking the mafia slash CIA, wanted to completely dissolve the CIA. How dare you sleep with Marilyn Monroe? Yes, you dirty Uh, bastard. Create because he owed the he owed the mob, particularly Sam Giacana, a favor for Sam Giacana helping him get elected in Chicago and other parts of the country. Joe Kennedy had they had dirt on joe kennedy which was a typical thing both the cia deep state secret societies industrious there this whole idea of sexual blackmail did not start with jeffrey epstein and Ghislaine maxwell it goes back a long long way to the bootleggers um pedophilia associated with that as well yeah i have a whole different theory as far as why jfk was killed but continue of course. And no, I understand that. I think he was murdered. I'm most positive of it. There's mm-hmm. enough evidence to that effect. But who do you think, audience, who do you think was at the center of who was coordinating JFK's assassination? I've mentioned his name a few times. Why? George Why H. Or who? W. Bush. Yeah, well, he, he was there every freaking time along the timeline. Yes. Oh, wow, I'm just yes. conveniently here. Pay no attention to me. Carry on. Go on your way, we're saying. Um, no, I don't buy it. As was Nixon, of course, because Nixon was very closely associated with Bush. The, the Texas oil um, group, for lack of a better term, Clint Murchison, uh, Lyndon Johnson was involved with them. Johnson was very happy when uh, he found out that Kennedy had been killed because he wanted to take office. He was uh, very much in, at risk of being in prison for the rest of his life for murders that he ended up coordinating. Mac Wallace was involved in the assassination. But at the core, Poppy was, was, was who coordinated it. And then later on was Watergate. Yep. His Zapata oil, I believe, I can't prove it, but I believe Zapata oil, which was his secret front for the CIA and the Caribbean, their, their penetration into South America, something that my father may have been aware of because he was involved down in Venezuela for B.F. Goodrich, met Richard Byrd, who was the other person that did an expedition to the South Pole uh, to Antarctica that was very mysterious and uh, had repercussions that were fairly serious. His son was killed. Nobody knows whether he was murdered, but there's a good possibility of it. It was under very mysterious circumstances. The analogy mm-hmm. is very similar to Charles Lindbergh and his his child getting kidnapped by supposedly Bruno Hoffman, but that's another story. Yeah, give me um, a break. Come on. Like, okay, maybe you dropped the kid and then you had to chop it up or, or whatever the hell happened, but 
why did you take it only so far away and leave it there instead of taking it, getting the ransom, so on and so forth? Something bad had to happen along the way. Fast forward, we're going to get right to the crux of this because right. we don't have much time left. I okay. need to do this fast. <laughs> um, any rate, Watergate is a consequence of uh, – there are a number of things that are involved with what Watergate uh, involves, but the primary thing is trying to get a damning evidence, incriminating evidence out of the Democratic National Committee office at the Watergate apartments. It was mixed use. E. Howard Hunt, who had been involved with the assassination, G. Gordon Liddy, and Frank um, Sturgis Fiorini, he was actually Italian, but he used the alias Sturgis, were caught. They were caught in 1972 at Watergate. But before that, along comes the other big, most corrupt politician in American history, 1970, Joseph Robinette Biden. And where should Joe Biden end up uh, participating, I guess is a good word. I don't know if employed, consult, intern is. Um, before he ends up being elected uh, to as, as a uh, congressional representative from Delaware, and I'll tell you who underwrote his campaign, what was then, by then, having merged with a company in England, Brown Brothers, Harriman, George Bush championed Joe Biden, basically made it possible for Joe Biden to end up laundering, gaining billions of dollars. The Biden family between the brothers and the kids that still lived are worth billions because of Bush, because he was plugged in to the international money cartel. Uh, a Pakistani national by the name of, excuse me, I got to find it. I don't know where it is. Okay, here. Aga Hassan Abidi, who had uh, basically founded the Bank of Credit and Commerce International, which had a variety of different locations. One was in Latvia, which is the one which is most readily associated as a CIA front. There was one in London. There was one in Luxembourg and I believe one other location. I don't remember which else. There was, there's a movie which explains a lot of this. I don't know whether Biden – I don't think Biden figures in it, but it's called The International and Clive Owen stars. Um, weirdly, and I don't know whether or not there's any relation, there was a puff piece written on Biden talking about his uh, aspirations to uh, gain political office. In the, I got to check the name of it. I can find it. I don't know where I wrote it. Uh, maybe in the back. Newcastle. Uh, it wasn't Newcastle News. It was, but it was basically a paper based in Delaware. Uh, the woman's name who wrote the 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 puff piece was Jane Harriman. How's that for irony? Again, there's no coincidences. But I mean, basically, you have a situation where Bush more or less oversaw the ascent of Gerald Ford. His involvement with the Warren Commission meant that he needed to be bought off because he knew the truth, that there was a massive conspiracy, something that was even acknowledged in the 1977 uh, panel. <clears throat> of course, Ford distanced himself, 
because he had said he had agreed, uh, as I understand it, reluctantly. I don't know all the details. My, one of my best friends, actually, his father was friends with Ford. Um, and my, I don't know if I mentioned this. My father met Admiral Byrd not too long after he went to Antarctica, sometime in the late 40s, early 50s. Um, where was I? Yes. So you have Ford, who basically was just a placeholder. The Trilateral Commission, which was a Rockefeller venture, Council on Foreign Relations, another one which uh, Biden became involved with, as well as the Judiciary Committee. He was a non-sympathizer. He uh, ended up rewriting legislation, key legislation, uh, the Trading with the Enemy Act, the Helium Act, the Embargo Act. He basically was more or less George Bush's agent within the Congress in order to be able to protect those people that Simon Wiesenthal was coming after or any other people associated with the uh, Jewish leagues to have someone deported because of crimes as a Nazi. Uh, Biden ran interference. Biden basically ended up being George Bush's lackey, for lack of a better term. I can't put it any more succinctly. The evidence of that becomes more and more clear, I believe, as you go on. I think there, it's, it's there, but it's not obvious. I saw so turn, much shit as far as George Bush went, but when he was, like, sitting there, legs crossed, reading stories to this kindergarten class, which he never fucking does, and he's like, what? What'd you say? Oh, my God. Okay, we gotta go. Sorry, children's younglings. We Let have me to put go it now. to you this way. Oy. George W. Bush is George w. Hunter Biden. They're no. basically, they have the same... They, they, they're, they're in the same, the same school. Problems. They're in the same class. Got it. Yeah. They're not the same age, but they have the same problems having being sons of sociopaths because Joe Biden is, is, is a vile creature. I can't put it. I, I cannot. This is why he was nominated, because of the fact that he had done so much to be able to facilitate the neocons, the neoliberals, the deep state, whatever word you want to use for it, every, whatever euphemism. I will give you a little idea of what kind of man Joe Biden is. And again, this is not necessarily qualify as a crime. But two days after his wife, Nelia, his first wife, Nelia, as well as his youngest daughter, Naomi, died, and both Hunter and Bo were injured in a car accident on December 18th of 1972. He married one of his best friend Bill's, his best friend Bill's wife. Oh, yeah. Jill Jacobs Stevenson, who had been the nanny to Bo and Hunter. Mm-hmm. The circumstances surrounding this death are very mysterious. There is a thought that it could have been just really as crass as them being sacrifices, or he needed to do something for some reason in order to prove his loyalty. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever understand what the underlying circumstances are, but I will point to Sturgis was involved, according to the, the, the video that I saw today, Sturgis and I forget who else, I think Hunt was the other one, were seen just before Mary Jo Kopechny and, and, and Teddy Kennedy went over into the water at Chappaquiddick. Just, just food for thought there. So whether or not those two might have been involved, the bottom line is Joe Biden and Jill Biden lied for five years. You know, they basically they, they tell people they were married on June 6th of 1977. Not true. They married two days after that accident 
on December 20th of 1972. It is in the Hall of Records in Wilmington. Not a good person at all. He's a bastard. I can't. These kids have been ruined. He's a pedophile. He is a very, very damaged individual. Can you say and him, just again the individual is that Biden that you're talking about or who? Yes, okay. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, I've absolutely. seen like different things like where he's like all up on some girl's neck, like right in her ear, and I understand like getting close to somebody's ear, but that looks very intimate and wrong to me. Um, and I saw that picture by Photoshop turned into him talking into Trump's ear, saying, "Get your fat ass out of my chair." But right. at the same time, it's like. That's him actually doing that to a child. And that's fucked up. I did not vote for Trump. I did not vote for Biden. I voted for somebody else. I did not waste my vote because I voted for somebody. But still, like, what the hell really is going on? I'm kind of afraid. But at the same time, I don't think it can be any worse than what it was before. Seriously. There's 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 a lot more that I need to say quickly. We don't have much time unless we can stay over a little bit. If I have the ability to stay over after one, do I? Are you limited? We have eleven minutes and ten seconds. And then it's then that's the end. Okay. I didn't know whether there was the ability to bleed over a little bit. I don't want to impose on you, but there's just there's more information. Go ahead. At any rate, Carter was basically taken over. Uh, Henry Kissinger was assigned to Jimmy Carter. A newcomer, a newbie, somebody with, you know, I think a generally good person. But the Democratic Party is corrupt, has been corrupt for many, many, many years. And the Trilateral Commission, Rockefellers, the, you know, the quote unquote deep state has infected it for many, many, many years, including Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But that's a whole nother conversation and not evident, perhaps not to the extent of other people. Reagan is elected a little bit of a soft shoe. They, they basically, for whatever reason, get Carter out of office. They, 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 they saddle him with the October surprise. The you know, the whole situation with the uh, Iranian, the hostages in Iran, which was deliberately orchestrated the way that it was. You have something comparable to what went on in terms of um, the capture of Osama bin Laden, but it wasn't a bin Laden. And I don't know how much you've heard about that or Jason, but it will be the single biggest thing that ends Biden, Clinton, Obama, and Brennan. I believe also Albright, Podesta, a few other people in the Obama administration. Kerry, I think, so is are you associated. saying he's not really dead or what? Yep. Oh, my God. As far as we know, he's not. According to a CIA whistleblower by the name of Charles Parrott, I think it's Charles Parrott or Richard Parrott. I forget which. This just came out a couple of months ago. The SEAL team ended up erroneously killing a, um, a, du- a, a, a double of Osama bin Laden, who, by the way, was associated with the CIA under the name Tim Osman. That's another story going back to the World Trade Center bombing. And again, Bush was involved with that. The Bush family was intimately involved with that. And it amazes me that it isn't more obvious to people. But again, sometimes you can hide things in plain sight. Any rate, long story short, Bush arranges to have Reagan get wounded, not killed, but wounded. It was not an assassination attempt. It was a warning. It was a message. Do not step too far out of the lines. This is how George W. H. W. Bush, Poppy, operated. He's a sociopath. 
or was a sociopath. Then along comes, then Bush basically steps in, portrays himself as this, you know, kind of avuncular. It's like your uncle almost the way he conducts himself, very soft spoken, very, you know, kinder, gentler. But what he's basically talking about ultimately, as we will see, is this kinder, gentler Fourth Reich. Because all the while, I mean, you also have Clinton that follows Bush. That's not an accident either. Bush basically sabotaged his campaign. Perot almost screwed things up for it for him, but he had groomed Clinton back in the 80s when Clinton was involved. Uh, Mina, Arkansas, Bill Casey coordinated this. Another guy who got killed, who was flying uh, cocaine in from Central America. Arkansas became ground zero for a lot of the landing pad, for lack of a better term, for Iran-Contra activities. And Clinton was governor, so he basically oversaw, he coordinated all this, but he was also a major screw-up. And Bill Casey, director of the CIA under Bush, warned, you know, Clinton, you need to, you need to straighten up or you're going to have a problem. If you don't screw up, you'll be the next president. And, of course, Hillary is such a power-hungry mm-hmm. little girl that they're they're, 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 right. they're they're doing they're doing everything in their power to be able to make sure that Bill she's she's <laughs> really riding no pun intended riding Bill hard to make sure that he you know maintains the straight and narrow in as much as he's able to. Roger, of course, is another distraction like Billy Bob was for Jimmy right. in seventy nine um, brothers, but. Um, so Clinton basically ends up being the next step. He implements more and more of the deep state agenda. The Telecommunications Act of 1996 more or less eliminates any potential for being able to protect health from electromagnetic exposures. Anybody that is involved with this fight as far as 5G knows that that's a critical moment. It also ends yeah, up getting strengthened subsequently. Now 5G? Like, what the hell? 4, 4G is bad, 3G. I mean... All electromagnetic exposures, novel ones, bodies, life forms can't adjust easily. (laughs) Arthur Furstenberg talks about that in the book, The Invisible Rainbow, uh, to the greatest extent ever. Robert Becker was aware of it, certainly. Michael Levin at at MIT and Tufts knew that it corrupted biological processes to an extreme. And it's a lot of the reason why COVID-19 works the way that it does. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We got, if we can get five minutes, I'm going to get the rest of this in. Okay. Okay, you got Clinton. But meanwhile, you've also got the dying off of what is the Fourth Reich in South America. They have established a very big presence. Mengele is down there. Hitler is down there. A lot of people, including Walter Roth, who's, who ran an approximately 800-count uh, network of concentration camps in Chile. In fact, someone, a, a Chilean, native Chilean, Uh, reported in the series Hunting Hitler. I cannot recommend that enough. I'm hoping it's going to be released in the States, including the final chapter, which was there a few weeks ago, revealed there were 12,000 Swiss accounts still in the names of Nazi companies and or individuals, including IGB Farben. Again, uh, there was a hydrodynamic complex uh, to produce heavy water, as had been the case in Norway, um, none other than Klaus Schwab's father ended up being part of the retrofitting of that in order to be able to produce the heavy water. Um, George Soros was involved to a great extent with the post-war um, disenfranchisement of his fellow countrymen at a very young age. His father was involved with doing that. 
taking possession of various things. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but if anybody in the chat room has ever seen the interview on 60 Minutes with Steve Croft, Soros is a cold-hearted bastard as well. There's no other way to put it. There's nothing likable about this man. It's no accident that the Antifa flag is identical, except with a reversal to the Nazi youth flag. Um, but getting back to this, the, uh, um, I think at some point the kinder, gentler mantra and the slow introduction of the New World Order in the early 90s after the Soviet Union, quote-unquote, fell. Gorbachev, I think, was encouraged by various people uh, to do, to bring about the end. I don't know. We think we know the full story of that. Reagan did have a hand, but I think Gorbachev was far more of the agent provocator where that's concerned. Yeah, he was dirty. Um, I think I think that Bush basically recognized and communicated to those Nazis in South America because they had plans. This is something that's not known. Again, Hunting Hitler oh, yeah. revealed this. They got there all were kinds of plans. To, to bomb the Panama Canal as well as Lower Manhattan, and I have a hunch. I can't prove it, obviously, but it it's, it would be very much the exact spot of the World Trade Center. That's where the bomb. That's what the map blocked out where this bomb would have been dropped by the Nazis, this nuclear bomb. That was the plan. Jesus Christ. Chilling stuff. Yeah, there's, there, it's just there's a lot. Um, but we now have this kinder, gentler, in the words of Poppy, and the Democratic Party has no clue, or if they do, they are so much part of the deep state. They've been so much corrupted. We have a kinder, from, gentler Reich. Yes. The Fourth Reich is basically oh. the Great Reset. The, the the fourth industrial revolution, the singularity. What happens basically is is that we cede any rights to existential decisions mm-hmm. to this this group, the World Economic Forum. Every decision, every we will not own anything, and as he says, Schwab has said, we'll like it. There will be mechanical interfaces. We will cease to exist as human beings. We will no longer be human. Our DNA will be mutated by the vaccines they're planning to introduce uh, through electronics, including the same technology they use to be able to catalyze. And embryo stem cells, like that's the big thing, embryo stem cells with vaccines and 5G and all this other shit going on. Absolutely. The amount of the the evil that that, that is part, as I put it at the outset, I believe, or what I intended to say at the outset, Pretty much you can describe the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, if it is brought to its full vision as artificial possession. Mm -hmm. Every impulse, every interaction, every organic interaction, the biomagnetome, which is what I've told you about, what I'm referring to as... A minute and 25 seconds. What do you have to say within that time? Okay. This is the biggest threat that humanity has ever faced. Make no mistake. I have appealed to my, legislat- my, my legislatures in Massachusetts. I am trying to get a resolution introduced that would condemn the Great Reset, make it clear to those in Europe as well as our case, Cambridge, which is one of the ground zeros for the infrastructure, that we will not be part of this. We will resist. We are not taking the COVID-19 vaccine. They are deadly. They are. They have four different, at least three, possibly four different oncogenic aspects, including human diploid or stem cells. 
And we are not, the more that I can get people motivated around the country, if there's anybody listening that has good relationships, that knows of legislators or public officials that will be part of introducing these resolutions around the country, now, right now is the time. Because if Biden gets elected, I know it sucks in a lot of people's minds. I like Donald Trump. I, have, I, I do not approve of a lot of the platform that the Republicans are, are pushing. I don't know how much of it is to be able to try to end up accomplishing the elimination of the swamp, but he is the only man on earth that can prevent implementation of the Great Reset. I mean it, the only man. He has